0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: ba 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 Hello.
2: Welcome everyone to the Spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. Jensen. Sorry, buddy. It's early. It's earlier than even usual. Last week we, we started the show at 9 30 and this week, we're like, well, we'll do we'll do 30 So we're, it's very early. I, I got my coffee for the FMC watchers. It's Friday. Uh, yeah, what's today? Thursday morning coffee.
3: Yep. Yep. We are uh, we're early. You can maybe call us early morning guys. steal maybe. Oh no! Oh yeah.
1: god! Yeah. We're, gonna talk, good, good
3: we're gonna talk about that on today's show. We're gonna talk about that on today's show. Um. But no, I uh yeah, I'm glad we're doing the show today because um, you know, I got a, I got some overtime this week at work. So that's why uh we're doing it <clears throat> doing it an hour early today. But um yeah, 8 30 show instead of 9 30 show, but I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we're talking about some wrestling and I'm I'm appreciative everyone joining us this morning here in the chat
2: a lot a lot to talk about guys you can leave a super chat here on youtube you can go to Humperchats.com and leave a humper chat uh uh, any any chat that gets any chat that gets left question comment statement will be read on the air it's even too early for me i can't i can't speak i don't have my words correctly one man look at this transition one man who did speak last night had a lot to say steven jensen a lot a lot to say this goes back to, I, I guess if, if you want to be real, it goes back to when all the WWE guys were signing, but it all kind of came to a head on Saturday. MJF, he skipped the Double or Nothing Fan Fest. People like, oh, where's MJF? Is he working? What's going on? FIFO reported that MJF booked a flight out of Vegas, uh, did not get on the flight, but it was booked. There's proof that it was booked. Um, and then people were wondering, oh, is he going to show up to Double or Nothing? Showed up to do- Double or Nothing, Lost quickly to Wardlow. MJF claimed that he showed up just before his match, did his match, left right away. That was that. It was supposed to be a a sit-down meeting with MJF and and Tony Khan after Double or Nothing. People were wondering if MJF... He he went out on a stretcher at Double or Nothing. So they're like, oh, this is how they're going to write him off television. He's done. We're not going to see him forever. Wednesday afternoon, MJF speaks. He's going to speak on Dynamite. And he spoke he showed up on dynamite he he's like this is maxwell jacob Th- this is not you know this is not mjf he, he cut a shoot promo essentially explaining why he was unhappy um the WB guys the ex-WB guys coming in to make money uh you know people nobody can lace his boots you know he he does the second highest quarter uh, ratings of anybody in the company i assume cm punk is first um that's my but guess, I, that's my guess. Yeah, yeah i'll uh i'll dm mookie see see who's first <laughs> uh but he does the second highest ratings um the quarter hour ratings uh, he called Tony Khan a fucking mark, which was which was bleeped. Mm. Said Tony Khan should be in the the stands with everybody else. Uh, he talked about you know his wrestling, where it's like I make you feel something. I'm not just out here chasing five star matches, and you know I'm not untrained like all of your favorites. I actually get you to invest. You know, segment after segment, I'm expected to carry this company. I got to hit a grand slam, not a home run. This man went on one last night i can't do it justice if you haven't seen it watch it what's wrong with you uh it was it was it was one of the best promos probably i ever i mean i don't think there's a probably i think this is one of the best promo promos ever at the end of it it called tony khan a fucking mark which was bleeped out or or (laughs) censored out and then he begged tony khan to fire him he left through the crowd there was the fan footage of cm punk coming out but mjf had left through the crowd uh aew has deleted the the tweets of the of the media i assume i should probably i'm gonna i'm gonna check this right now i assume that segment's not been uploaded on their youtube which i understand why because they're they're trying to to work here uh but also you're missing out on a lot of views from this thing if you if you uploaded it uh yeah it's not up there yet aew does have this habit of like taking a while to upload things like the undisputed elite match just got uploaded 36 minutes ago. So they, they stagger a lot of their uploads. I assume it's not going to get uploaded though. Jensen, where are you at on this whole thing? Work shoot. What's going on here?
3: I think at this point, it's gotta be a work. Like it has to be like there, there's no way that, that they're just like letting this play out like that. If it's all a shoot, I just don't, I just don't see that. But I think this is about as close to like a work shoot promo as like you could, you could get, like, I think that they, I, I'd, I'd imagine it was somewhat along the lines of like the CM Punk pipe bomb where WWE knew he was going out with a live mic and they knew he was going to say some stuff that was like going to be outside of the box, but like, but they were prepared for what he was going to say, you know, like to some degree. I, 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 dude, I love this. Like this promo was this is one of the best promos I've heard in my life, dude. Like that was so good. And the crowd, the crazy thing is the crowd was like going crazy and like cheering him by the end of it. And it's yeah. like, wait, are y'all turning like MJF almost into like a like an anti-hero like baby face? Like without even meaning to? Like, that's I because I'm with you too. When when he got destroyed by Wardlow, not only was the match itself just like a complete squash and the kind of match that you know, especially with the with the the stretcher at the end and stuff—it really seemed like the way to write them off TV. And the and I think that they're really playing to the to the internet fan base and to the the journalists and stuff. That you know, it's like the fans, the AEW fans, know what's going on between MJF and the company, at least to some degree. Like they they know that there's the contract issues and the Fan Fest stuff, and they they know that there's that there is real behind the scenes things going on. But now it's like. You know, I, it's just one of those things where they have just played into it so well, if this is all the work at this point, like having MJF and Warlow be the first match of the show so that MJF could get in there and get out and just hadn't get to squash and pretty much written off television is what it seemed like they were doing. And then for, to hear him cut that promo last night was like, oh my God, they must have worked something out. Like they had to have worked something out because otherwise I don't think MJF would have been there. So Dude, yeah, th- this this promo was absolutely incredible. Like I was marking out like the whole time, like standing up in my living room, like like cheering pretty much like, oh man, this is this is crazy. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm here. Because here's the thing, I lo- I love Tony Khan. Like I'm I'm not one of those guys who like who uh, a Tony a Tony Khan hater or anything like that. But what MJF was was spitting was like you just spitting facts out there. And I think that, you know, the, the contrast situation is tough. Because and I hope that they've worked something out that works out for both MJF and for AEW and Tony Khan. But the the problem, the problem with what MJF is doing is it's very similar in sports to a rookie contract. And I'm not saying it's necessarily fair, I'm just saying that's how this works. Because granted, in the UFC, sometimes it's a little different, depending on the sport, sometimes it's a little different. But like the problem with the MJF situation is that on both ends is that he does deserve a lot more money than what he's getting. If he is being, I've heard stuff about him getting like four or five times less than what some of these top guys coming from the WWE are getting. Now, if you're comparing to like a CM Punk or like a Danielson, maybe a CM Punk and a Danielson maybe should be making more because like they are worldwide superstars and have been established for as long as they have. And like, I get that, but if there's a guy like uh, like an Adam Cole or even like a Hangman Page or something that's like making like four times more than what MJF is, I if I was MJF, I'd be upset about that because I'd be like, I'm I'm featured as a think, main eventer.
2: I don't think the issue is so much like an Adam Cole or a Hangman Page. Adam Cole, like, yeah, CM Punk, Brian Downson, that's what I'm saying. Adam Cole, he was seen as a big star coming in. I can even understand him. Hangman Page, Tony Khan knew that was going to be one of his top guys from, from the start. I think MJF was going to be there as well. Especially because of the like, he was immediately paired up with Cody and everything. But uh, Hangman Page was also he knew that was going to be a tip like a world champion from the start. I think the issue is the guys like, like Malachi Black and Keith Lee and Swerve Scott coming in, and it's no knock on these guys. But these are just like XWB guys coming in, and now they're making more than MJF, who has done top notch program after top notch program after top notch program. Like Malachi Black is he's guy who leads house of black swerve and keith lee i think the world of of swerve scott i think everyone knows that um strickland but those guys they're they're tag team guys right now they're they're not featured featured guys like i think it's the new guys that have come in since the start of the company like that that are making more than mjf that he has an issue with and he's completely yeah like kyle o'reilly he shouldn't be above mjf but like bobby fish these guys these guys coming in shouldn't be making more than MJF.
3: And and I, I agree with all of that. Um, But I also like, the reason I brought up Adam Cole as an example is because I think that Adam Cole has more name value coming into the company and he's been established for a long time and everything. But like, if you look at the landscape of AEW, MJF is as big, if not a bigger piece of AEW than, than even Adam Cole is, I think. Like, I, I think that MJF, I mean, he's he should be the future of your company for the next decade plus. Like, if he stays healthy, he's still what like, 25. I mean, it's like it, so, but it's one of those things where you're totally right about that, though. Like, it's some people are coming in from the WWE that are like lower on the card than MJF is and aren't doing as much, as much like I don't want to say as much value because I think that like long term, someone like Swerve is going to provide a lot of value long-term for AEW. But, like, be, based on what MJF has done for the company up to this point and where he's at and where he was headed, I mean, with that CM Punk feud and, I mean, all of his feuds have been incredible. The Darby feud was incredible. The Jericho feud, like, everything is, is has been a home run. And even from the beginning, him and Cody going at it and stuff, like, there's there's so much – he means so much to the history of AEW. but the, But the problem on both sides is, like, MJF has a legitimate reason to to want more money right now because two years is a long time, uh, especially in sports. Like a lot can happen in two years and he wants to, he wants to ensure that he's getting the payout that he deserves now. And I, and I understand that, but on the flip side, if you're Tony, it's hard to set that precedent of like renegotiating someone's contract and not giving them an extension because, I mean, because for people who don't know, then don't Tony's... then
2: don't then don't screw up your own pay scale by paying guys too much. Don't pay Malachi oh. Black more than MJF. Don't screw up yeah. your own pay scale by overpaying these WWE guys. No, I I I completely agree.
3: I completely agree. But but the but the precedent that the the what you're what you're risking is other people doing the same thing MJF is. Yeah, that, like that have been there from the start, and then it's going to cause a lot of problems, and that's why. In, like, the NFL, when you're on these rookie contracts, like the Minnesota Vikings, I'll give them as an example. Justin Jefferson is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he's only been in the league for two years. And he's still on his rookie contract. But that's just the way that it is. But he knows that come free agency and when his his rookie deal is up, he's going to get a humongous payout for his next contract. And that's kind of the same play, I think, with MJF is, like, but, but the difference is the extension. And that's what I think all of this boils down to is Tony Khan wants MJF to sign an extension. And if he'll sign an extension, then he's going to give him the big money that he wants because he's ensuring that he's staying in the company long term. When it comes to, you know, MJF side, if he doesn't want to sign an extension, it sucks that he doesn't get the, he might not get the pay he deserves. Now, once again, I think him and Tony have worked something out at this point. Otherwise, I don't think we're seeing this playing out on TV right now. But heading into this weekend and Double or Nothing and and all this stuff going into this story and what's now become kind of a work shoot is is what it seems. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where, like, if you're Tony Khan, it's hard to it's hard to up someone's pay when they're like, I'm leaving in two years. You're just like, "Okay, well, if you're telling me you're going to leave, I don't want to pay you more money. So it's like it's, it's a tough it's a tough situation to be in for both sides to work something out. What I'm hoping they've worked out personally is I've hope that that Tony is kind of just kind of bent over backwards and just just given MJF a pay bump and with or without an extension. I hope MJF's just making more money and they can work this thing out and hopefully MJF stays happy enough that he'll stay. But if you're MJF, you'd be a fool not to test free agency in two years. So it, it, there's just so many layers to this because if you're him you the same things going on in MMA a lot is like if if you have value you want to know what your market value is in free agency even if you want to stay in AEW you still want to get an offer from the WWE to bring back to AEW and say hey this is how much they're saying I'm worth like can you just can you give me that you know because like and that's and that's that's how this works and that's how free agency works and this is how independent contractors find out their true value so it's like so I understand Tony Khan's side, and I understand MJF's side. But like, to, but to your point, I think the main issues have been caused by Tony Khan because he's giving people more, way more money than MJF is making. Mainly because they have just coming from WWE over to AEW, but they're not—they're not as valuable at least up to this point as MJF is on the show. M- most of the people we're talking about,
2: yeah, the majority of the people definitely are not. I think Tony. I think it started as a shoot. I think MJF legitimately is unhappy. I think everything he said in that promo was true last night. I, I don't think he was bullshitting or working any of that, of his words, but I do think to go out there on television and to say those things, he certainly will. It was certainly a work because I don't think that Tony Khan is going to allow that. I don't, I don't think it plays out that way. They've done a great job in, yeah, they're not promoting on, on social media um, they, they've, they've kept everything under wraps. Tony con has said no comment about a lot of things. MJF has gone pretty much silent on social media. They, they've done a good job like playing into this whole angle. And I do think it is a work at this point. I don't think it started this way. I really don't. I, I think everything MJF said was true, but then they had their meeting. They worked out something. I assume MJF got more money. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I think he'd probably still be unhappy if he didn't. Um, here's my question though after after all of that after everything mjf said last night is where is this going and what's the end game like what is the end game to all of this tony khan doesn't want to be an on-screen authority figure he said that a thousand times unless he's changed his mind you know that that's possible um unless he's changed his mind mjf who was your biggest heel is now gonna be your biggest biggest baby face almost unless the fans turn back against them of like oh fuck you you want to get more money than than all of these guys we actually love but like everything he said last night was getting cheered and everyone like knows how good he is at this so it, it's not even they're not even like kayfabing any of this stuff anymore because everyone's like oh yeah mjf does make us feel something the last two pay-per-views he's had for my money the two biggest matches On the show, the two best built matches, I should say, Uh, Punk and MJF was the best built match. That was the most invested in. I was in into a feud going into Revolution. MJF and Wardlow was the most investment I had into a feud going into Double or Nothing. I I know CM Punk and and Hangman Page was the big match, but as far as like a storytelling perspective, Wardlow and MJF was built two years. Like that was the best built feud they had going into that pay per view. And he's done this almost every single time he's been on pay-per-view. He's had, if not the best-built feud, one of the best-built feuds. He's, he's great at what he does because he does make you feel something. Like, the crowd was behind him for stuff last night and it almost turned against AEW and, and Tony Khan. So is now is he, like, this big baby face? Like, who, is, is CM Punk going to con- confront him and CM Punk does turn heel? I Maybe that's the play is punk turns into like, yeah, I came in here. I took all the money. I took the title. Fuck all y'all. And he turns into that dick heel that we all kind of like expected. But, and then MJF is the stand up for AEW guy. I don't know. Like that, that's sort yeah. of where, what do you, how do you think this plays out? Like, what do you think the end game is to all this?
3: That That's a, that's a fantastic question. It really is because I, I legitimately don't know because on one hand, you know I've I've been saying for a, uh, quite a while that CM Punk should beat Hangman for the title, which happened, and that I thought that MJF should be the one to beat CM Punk eventually. Um, whether that's three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, like whatever. But I think MJF, I think them circling back to MJF and CM Punk. And them having it, even though MJF is going to say he's two and one against CM Punk, technically or whatever. But like they're one and one, they could have a big trilogy match. MJF could could ultimately win the feud. It would be huge for him to win that title from CM Punk. Um, they could go that route still because maybe, like you said, because at some point we're all we're definitely getting CM Punk a heel turn at some point. It's just once again a matter of when they're going to do it and like what the right story is for him to do it maybe, maybe that's this, Um, you know, I don't know. Like I may, maybe, cause the reaction MJF got last night was like, a, the crowd was behind him. And, and I just don't know what the ultimate end game is. I would, I would love for MJF to beat CM Punk for the title eventually. And I'd like to see it as M- MJF. I, I've said this before too. If they can make CM Punk, like, cause we know CM Punk could be a, a, a Crazy good heel, like he's one of the best heel. Like when he's really dug in and he really wants the crowd to hate him, he is a fantastic heel. And I think MJF being the one to like almost out heel CM Punk to get the title off of him, but the crowd wanting to see it and the crowd being behind MJF for him to be the one to get the title off Punk, that's an interesting story. But I don't know where they go in the immediate short term. I really don't. I mean, because part of me wants to say. Maybe they should leave MJF home for a couple weeks and oh, like think, just let the like just let this keep boiling, you know?
2: I, I think they will because now they're going into Forbidden Door and that's going to be their focus. MJF, is I mean, he said it last night, like, I don't give a fuck about New Japan. I don't think he has any interest in like doing this show, doing any type of like, oh, let's do this dream match type of thing. I, I don't think he's going to be on this Forbidden Door show at all. So this is an easy way to just keep him off TV because he probably wasn't going to do much when it comes to forbidden door anyway, because I don't know if there was a match out there that he was really clamoring for that. He felt he could like build up to, to be something like it it would be a short term story, obviously, because it's just going to be, it's in a couple of weeks. So I think this is an easy way to just keep him off of television while they do all their forbidden door stuff. And then after that, you know, heading into all out, we shall see where, where MJF stands. But I do think for right now, he's just going to be off TV
3: yeah i think that 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 makes the most sense And there's a lot of people in the chat that are talking about you know the possibilities of mjf and a in a WWE. and you know the grass isn't always greener you know i i i think mjf has he could potentially be the biggest star in, in WWE if he went over there once again we're talking about his age and his in-ring ability and his, his promo skills and stuff i think he's I, I i think mjf's one of the best overall wrestlers in the entire world i i been a fan for quite a while i I really really like what he does and i think he hasn't even he hasn't even hit he's still years off from his prime which is like scary because he's gonna be so damn good for so long but man you never know over there in the WWE. like they wanted to turn adam cole into a manager and like cut his hair and all that stuff like i mjf like who knows what they actually do if he if he goes over there does he wind up in nxt 2.0 as a, as someone's manager does he I mean, no, you know, it's they
2: like- they'll they'll see him the same way they kind of saw cody is like the problem with like cole and the guys they wanted to bring up from nxt onto the main roster was one i don't think vince had any interest in that black and gold nxt product and so he's like ah these are triple h guys who cares if he's seen him in aew just being there gives them more value I think if Adam sure. Cole went back right now he'd probably just he'd probably be treated as a bigger deal than just coming from NXT because he's just seen as more valuable just being in AEW that's how Vince will typically do business with this stuff is it if you leave and show value elsewhere and then come back that's actually more valuable than just being on your own brand at NXT I think he'd be treated right. very well and I think Cody would have uh, you a know, He'd be in Vince's year, somebody Bruce's year and just being like, yeah, like this guy, you got to You got to ride with them.
3: Oh no, I totally agree. And I, and I'm, I'm exaggerating with the NXT stuff. I'm just saying my point is really more like it, it's a wild card of like what they're going to actually do with him when he shows up. Now I think the Cody link, it, it would be huge for him because Cody clearly has a lot of pull and influence right now in the WWE. And I think that, you know, him and MJF are tight. So I think that MJF would, he'd have a, he'd have a chance, but there's so much they'd have to do to probably water him down. Like on screen, he could probably cut pretty similar promos to what he does now, just like minus the cursing. But at like autograph signings and meet and greets and stuff. I just don't see WWE being okay with like when little kids walk up to him at, a, at an autograph signing him, like doing what he does currently at autograph signings. Like, cause, cause he's going to make all these kids cry at these things. And like, he, he, he makes fun of everybody. He, you know, he
2: won't sign autographs. He won't take pictures. Like, just don't book him for that stuff. Then just don't don't book him for these meet and greets and everything. Just keep sending Drew McIntyre out there. It's fine.
3: Hey, I'm fine with that too. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I, I would like to be optimistic about the idea of MJF going to WWE and, and and absolutely killing it. I would love to see that. I just he we we know that like the future is bright for him in AEW if he stays. But Sasha Banks WWE, made Izzy
2: cry. Sasha Banks made Izzy cry, and every everything like, worked out well there.
3: My my point, what I'm talking about <laughs> is like when MJF's at an autograph signing, and a kid rolls up in a wheelchair, and he starts making fun of them because he does those kind of things. Yeah, you know what I mean. WWE is not going to be okay with something like that.
2: <laughs> like you know yeah, what I mean. Th- like, this is why you just just don't send him to to that stuff. There, he's I know he's one of your top guys, but they don't they don't send fuck they don't have any good heels but they don't need to send their their top heels to to do that stuff that's what the baby faces are for keep sending drew send cody it'll be fine leave your heel roman reigns doesn't do a bunch of like meet and greets and autograph signings and all this stuff and they 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 do fine just keep sending drew mcintyre he loves that shit send him to do three million interviews that he does
3: yeah right true but here at the end of the day I guess kind of for the for the, where we're at right and by the way when I talk about mjf and that kind of stuff he treats everybody the same he doesn't he 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 doesn't care what your background is who you are who you're with he treats everybody like absolute dirt he treat it, 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 when, it, when it comes to when he meets fans and all that stuff but I think that you know once again in the short term I'm just really interested to see where where this goes like you do I want to know what the end game eventually is going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't say enough good things about that promo yesterday. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was one of the best promos I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if I lost Jeremy. Jeremy, are you still here? All right, guys, I think we lost Jeremy. I'm going to, uh, keep talking about this. And, uh, I, the, the, the chat is really, really mixed on this. I feel like some of y'all really love the idea of MJF here i'm gonna scoot this way so i'm in my little box um i feel like some of y'all really love the idea of mjf uh over in WWE, and some of y'all really hate the idea of mjf over in WWE. i'm kind of on the fence about it if i'm being honest like i think he could be a massive star in WWE. i really do but once again it's just the unknown of like what have been sours on you mjf's only like 511 or whatever too he's not like a He's not a big guy in like Vince's eyes, you know. I'm just but an AEW that just doesn't matter. So it's uh it's a tough, it's it's a tough situation, it's an interesting situation. Um, and with with two years left on MJF's AEW deal, it makes it even wilder because we got to get through another two years before he would be a free agent. So like they gotta work this out over
2: the next two years. We got Jeremy back. All right, Tony cut my Wi-Fi. Apologies <laughs> wasn't happy with the things I was saying about uh MJF and and you know going to WWE so Tony Khan just decided to cut my wi-fi
3: it's all good but yeah the kind of all kind of at the end of the day you know to kind of put a bow on this for me at least I I think at this point it's a work I think it started as a shoot I think it's now a work and I think that there had to have been some sort of agreement worked out where I'd imagine MJF is getting paid more money, but I also have no idea if he signed an extension or not. I have no idea, so um, so we'll kind of have to let it play out. But hell, last night was last night got everyone's interest at the very least. So,
2: um, Kai had a couple of super chats, and now I've lost them because I, I lost uh, the feed. Um, or MJF the giving off big Stone Cold vibes, which is is definitely. Definitely true. Uh, I think it was very Stone Cold. I don't think, but they can't like corporize uh, MJF. Is that a word? Co- corporatize? I think it's corporatized. Uh, I don't think you can corporatize MJ. I'm still not sure that's a word. I don't think you could turn MJF corporate, okay? Um. I, I, I don't think that's going to work. You can't turn like CM Punk corporate. I, I don't think you need to do, you don't need to try to recreate the Austin McMahon thing. I don't think Tony Khan is the guy to play Vince McMahon. I don't think he has any interest in it either so that's that's one thing and i don't think tony Khan is that kind of like on-screen character to where he can he can pull that off i could be completely wrong but tony gone just doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be able to pull off like evil authority figure on screen um and then then kai had another one that i apologize yeah if if someone if jj you can send it or kai just just repost it obviously i don't have to send money again but just uh repost what it was um and and i'll make sure i read it because i know it was mjf uh related uh and then we will we'll will move on but i'm with you i think it started off as a shoot it's turned into a work very interested to see where this all goes i i think they'll they'll i don't know if you let it cool down because i don't think that's completely the play but i do think they're gonna let it like simmer a little bit um yeah mjf beats down tk i guess was your other one that was um, a super chat. yeah yeah uh thank you guy uh yeah, sure. Just go. I thought that was going to happen last night before he left through the crowd, and they. Kinda, I thought like he was going to walk to the back. They were going to keep the keep the camera on him, and he's going to like knock the headset off of Tony Khan or something, and then just slap Tony Khan in the backstage area, and that would have definitely given away that it was a, a work. Um, and that would have been that, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think. I don't think we're going to get immediate answers. I think the answers will come after Forbidden Door. I think right now they're going to focus on forbidden door and then they'll go back. Cause they didn't reference MJF stuff at all. Like, you know, they cut to black, the announcers acted like it never happened. And they pulled it from social media. I doubt the video gets uploaded on YouTube. They're just acting like this didn't happen. Like they're, they're playing it very well as like, Hey, we don't condone any of this. This isn't, this was, this was a shoot. That's how they are playing it. And that's how they're going to probably continue to play until MJF eventually does return. And that's not something you can advertise either. It's like his return. He's just got to come back at some point, which I know might upset like the network or whatever, because you probably want to advertise, Hey, MJF is back, but to do this and to pull it off, you can't advertise his return. He's just got to return.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I This show is sponsored by better help. .com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful.
4: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? (laughs)
3: I mean cuz you could even like come out and like attack someone at forbidden door or something but once he does that like then you know it's a work like the second that he comes yeah. out and he starts like having matches and stuff um so yeah I'm I'm very 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 interested to see how to see how this all winds up playing out over the next you know few weeks and few months and stuff but yeah incredible incredible promo absolutely incredible stuff
2: um that that's me I it it got comparisons to the pipe bomb uh i thought this was like levels above the pipe bomb maybe that maybe uh, maybe that's blasphemous of me to say but i thought this was levels above the pipe bomb that was it may have been the best promo ever honestly it may have been the the best promo ever Because it was like the passion, the conviction, just he hit all the right notes, the way he was interacting with the crowd and responding to the crowd when they would boo or they would cheer, like he was, he was taking them on a ride. And MJF has had a lot of strong AEW promos. I mean, if you look at like the top five, top 10 AEW promos of all time, MJF's name is on that list multiple times. And this one is going to stand above all of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough to top that one. But yeah really good stuff i uh i can't say no i mean well this will kind of tie in because we're going to talk about cm punk also winning the title here um like i said i want to see mjf eventually beat punk for that championship but um we do you know our other spotlight for this week for AEW is cm punk winning the aw title that's something that we obviously we need to talk about on this show because it's a huge title change and uh how do you feel about that jeremy because I feel like the time was right. I feel like a lot of people were expecting Punk to win. And I feel like AEW kind of just like delivered on giving the people what they wanted. And it's just a really unique situation to be able to, to like the the right time, the right place with like forbidden, forbidden door coming up and and all this stuff in Chicago. And it just felt like the right move to put the belt on CM Punk. But at the same time, I wouldn't have been upset if if Hangman would have retained, because he's been a hell of a champion and, and the crowd, the crowd was pretty split. Like, and I've been saying this for a while. When it comes to Hangman, I think that um, you know, the whole goal of 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 this title run for Hangman was for the crowd in the fan base to to view him on the same level as guys like CM Punk and Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and those kind of guys. And when you're getting dueling, let's go Hangman CM Punk, let's go Hangman CM Punk. Like you, like the mission's been accomplished. Like they, like Hangman's a bona fide main eventer. So how did you feel about this title change?
2: Uh I said it last week. I thought the move was to put the title on CM Punk. I thought it was was his time. It, no offense to, to Hangman's Run. He had great matches. Parts of it felt cold. I didn't think the stories were there that they should have that they that should have been there coming out of the Kenny Omega uh feud. You know, the, the Adam Cole story was like it felt rushed with, with things, and then it felt I, I said it all last week. I didn't think Adam Cole was the right guy to challenge at that time. And I not think they did a great job with that feud. The Danielson feud, the matches were, were great. Danielson won the tournament, fine. The CM Punk feud, I thought it was, it was a little too short. I wish, and I, COVID played a little bit of factor there. Um, but it was just a little too short. I would have liked to see a little bit longer. And, and James is right. Like nothing could live up to the chase story. Like that's, that's 100% true. It's not their fault that that story was so good. I still think Hangman just deserved a little bit he just deserved more, like, better stuff coming out of of that uh, of the title win. And he had great matches, but as far as, like, from a storytelling perspective, it wasn't as good as I think it could have been. CM Punk, you know you're probably going to get some really good stories. I do think Forbidden Door muddies things a little bit because his first match isn't even a title. His first pay-per-view match isn't even a title defense. Um, it's just going to be against – maybe it will be a title defense because I think he's beating Tanahashi. I, I don't think Tanahashi's going to beat – CM Punk in Chicago because Tanahash is a guy who doesn't care. He can lose. It's fine. It'll be all good. So maybe they'll just put the title on the line just because I'm pretty positive CM Punk's going to win. Um, I thought the, the move was CM Punk though, because I think there's just more meat with, with him being the champion. And I do think that at some point we will get this heel turn and maybe the MJ stu- MJF stuff plays into it. Uh, we'll see. But I think at some point we're going to get the, the heel turn. And I think there's a lot to do with CM Punk as champion. We will see what they do. You know, last night was he teamed with FTR for for the Bret Hart tribute team, uh, which was which was fine. Now he's going to wrestle Tanahashi. I'm really looking forward to that match. I hope CM Punk, I don't know if he's like worn out physically. I mean, the buck shot was, obviously he messed that up twice. twice uh, yeah. he, met, he messed up the, the springboard clothesline. Last night. Maybe just stay away from the ropes. Stay away from clotheslines and ropes. CM Punk. Just don't do that stuff anymore. Because it had not gone well. The, these past couple of matches. Maybe he just needs to take a break. He needs a week off or something. And he'll be okay. I'm now more interested in like how they follow up with Hangman. Because he's wrestling. He's wrestling David Finley. On Friday. and like, He's going to beat Finley. Like what are they going to do with Hangman. Coming out of all of this. Because he had the big chase. He won the title. His reign was from a match quality perspective, excellent, but for a lot of fans, was a little bit flat. and that's why CM Punk, so many people were clamoring for, for CM Punk to, to win the title. And Hangman got a great reaction in the building. Hangman was also, it felt like they, the crowd was like more on Hangman's side, but they didn't like CM Punk winning that everyone was fine with that. So it was a little flat for a lot of fans. Um, and now like what are they gonna do with Hangman coming out of this title run? I hope they still like keep him very strong and at a high level because he certainly deserves that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a bad company bill just, just, uh, commented, uh, Hangman versus Hot at Forbidden Door, which I mean, I, I love, I love that idea. Um, because yeah. that keeps Hangman as a perceived main eventer going against the top guy of New Japan. And it's kind of, I, I like the idea of like, Buckshot Larry versus Rainmaker, like the two clothesline variants, like you know, and that's like so. I like that idea a lot. I really wanted to see like Hangman and Abushi as well, but Abushi, I don't know what's going on right now with with that. Um, so I mean, I would, I would, I would love to see Hangman and Okada personally at Forbidden Door because once again, it accomplishes a lot. It accomplishes keeping Hangman as a as a main event level guy, especially if he beat Okada. Like I don't think he will, because like I think. New Japan's gonna want Okada to go over and like whatever match he's in, and rightfully so. I mean, with what Okada means to that company. I I doubt he loses at Forbidden Door, but you know, does this also lead to Hangman? Because the thing with Hangman is when he has a big loss, I talked about this with Doug a little bit on our show on Tuesday. When he has a big loss, he doesn't just like take the L, he like takes it way too personally and like that's when we've seen like the alcohol uh, alcoholism and all that stuff too and i don't know if they go back to that with like you know maybe they do uh, my my only reservation with them going back to hangman drinking again would be if if someone like moxley wasn't okay with that but i feel like he probably is considering they've used that in the story for the jericho reference yeah yeah so i i feel like he's as long as like he's okay with it and other people who are who have like dealt with like uh, substance abuse issue and stuff like that. As long as like they're okay with that kind of story, like I'm okay with it then too. And I think that, uh, that's what I'm interested to see. Like, does Hangman start drinking again? Is this like kind of a downward spiral and does he have to do a big redemption story again? Or is that like, has it been played out? Like, have we already seen that? And like, it's it's never going to get as good as that that redemption story to beat Omega. So maybe they need to do something completely different this time. Uh does he do more with the Dark Order again? Because they've been Yeah, do you think he lost. remembers
2: that like he has friends in the Dark Order? Like, do you think like now that he's champion, he just kind of abandoned his friends and his friends abandoned him? Do you think he like shows up to Dark Order and is like, Hey, where's Stu? You know, what happened? <laughs> yeah. what, what's going
3: on here? Future uh W main eventer. True, Super- Yep. Exactly. You um, think yeah, he remembers Cole... that
2: these guys are still with the company and his friends and everything, and he bought them lawnmowers, and stuff. Right. right. Is cold. Is,
3: is cold he doing? He's going more to like ROH is what it sounds like. That's
2: yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. But who knows when ROH is like back running weekly or anything like that.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I I am very interested to see though where where this goes for Hangman. Man because, like I said, I think you'll have a heavily featured match at Forbidden Door, and like I said, I, I think the match with Okada makes perfect sense. Um, as a matter of fact, speaking of the clothesline versus clothesline type thing, I really think that Hangman, it's kind of tough now because he's he's dug so deep into the into the um, buckshot. But, like, I wish his finisher was just a straight-up lariat. And then, like, he did the buckshot for, like, special occasions. Like, that was, like, the one where it's, like, he hits the buckshot, it's over. Like, you don't kick out of the buckshot. But he can beat you with just straight-up lariat, like, most of the time. Because I, I just, you know, I like that extra, that extra little thing. Now, that, granted, he kind of already has that with the uh, with the dead eye, because like he has like a like a secondary finisher that's like even more brutal than the buckshot is, which is which is pretty badass for him to have all these tools in his arsenal. But I've always thought that like that maybe Hangman should just hit some really nice lariats every now and then, and just and save the flips for like big occasions for the for the buckshot. But, um like even with okada and the rainmaker like the one rainmaker usually gets the job done but every now and then he'll like hold on to that grip and keep bringing you back up and hit it multiple times and if he hits you with multiple rainmakers it's probably game over um and then he does he still do the cobra clutch at all for a while he was like, all oh, the like, fucking his, money, the money, clip. The money clip, this is the, the, the clip.
2: worst <laughs> finisher in all of wrestling money clip he doesn't lock it it looks like shit like he did he doesn't cinch that thing up at all it looks like the the freaking John Cena STFU I hate this finisher absolutely hate the money clip we did New Japan we did a Wrestle Kingdom (laughs) watch a lot I swear he did this money clip for about 30 minutes in all of his matches I hate this he needs to knock it off knock off the money clip Okada it sucks love Okada one of the greatest of all time the money clip awful
3: yeah i'll agree with that I, that's the reason i was asking because I, I i can't remember i'm i'm a, I'm a little bit behind on i watched new japan so sporadically at the moment that like i forget some of this stuff and I, and I i can't remember if he was still using that because i remember a while back he was really trying to get that over like as his new move and i wasn't a huge a huge fan of, of that move either um
2: because it looks like shit
3: <laughs> but but yeah i mean he was, he was a thing. at the end of the day i think that hangman versus cm punk was a really good match They told a really good story cm punk almost lost the crowd when he when he messed up the buckshot both times and you've already kind of alluded to that i mean it was just just is what it is um but he recovered pretty well like the second one he still wound up hitting the the clothesline and everything um they gave the crowd what they wanted the the crowd i think the crowd loves hangman like he got a great reaction but at it was just it was just the right place, the right time. It was it's just CM Punk needed to win that match for a lot of reasons, I think. And I think that they uh they pulled it off really, really well. Good for them. And do and we, I'm interested we, to see where it goes for.
2: Do we think Hangman like turns heel and like snaps because he was gonna hit Punk with the belt and he's like, No, not gonna do it because you know he wanted to save AEW from CM Punk. That was his goal. And he didn't hit him with the belt. Do we think like he eventually snaps or do they do like, we think a CM Punk heel turn is coming. Uh So when CM Punk turns, this hangman be like, I should have hit him with the belt. I should have saved this company. Like where, how do we think him not hitting CM Punk with the belt plays into all of that? Because obviously that was done for a reason.
3: Yeah. I, that's a really good question because I think that they, they definitely could turn hangman heel, but they don't, I don't want to see really that. Have to. Yeah yeah either do i to be honest like i'd rather see cm punk turn heel but like the the real opportunity i really feel like is hangman going back to drinking and the crowd being really behind him and cm punk turning heel and being like y'all are cheering this alcoholic like i'm straight edge like i'm i'm better than this y'all are better than this like why are you cheering this guy and it kind of like drives him nuts that like someone who's displaying you know the traits that cm punk doesn't like is the one who's getting like all these cheers and stuff i think it would have worked out better with hangman as the champion though if they were going to go that with that story if he was still drinking as the champion and cm punk turned heel and that's how he beat him but i also think it's possible to go back to hangman and cm punk at some point like i really do i i I could see them having another match for the title at some point also And, and AEW hasn't had any repeat world champions either i mean it's it's Probably no. Hangman's the one to beat Punk for the title again. Like I, we, I, I, don't know. I personally, I'd like to see someone new get that rub, but I don't know. They, they just, they just got to be careful to a degree because you've done so much work in getting Hangman to this level. You just don't want him to drop off. So like, you got to yeah. keep him at a certain level. But yeah, per, personally, I'd like to see him stay as a babyface. But they'll definitely play into the because this has been Hangman's character the whole time he's been in AEW has been like the. The should I or shouldn't I like, should I hit this guy with his belt or shouldn't I like, should I go back to drinking or shouldn't I like, do I have friends or don't I? Like he's the, he's the, the anxious millennial cowboy, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's got a lot going on in his head and he's kind of, he's kind of mentally fragile in a lot of ways. And, and like I said, that's why I'm wondering, like, does he go back to the drinking now that he's lost the title? Like, does he take this, this loss really, really hard? Um, or does he learn from his mistakes in the past with his last redemption storyline and shrug this one off and just start racking up wins and get back into title contention? So but the good thing is we don't know, but these are all good options. Like I'm 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 excited to see where they wind up going with all this.
2: I'm sure he'll just have a bunch of good matches and that'll be that. Just keep booking him against cool matches that people like. You don't need to actually tell stories. Uh No, I, I think I think Hangman will be fine. I, I think they'll they'll hopefully do him justice with stuff uh, because he was a he was a very good champion and and he's still one of the top guys in the company. He's still one of the top guys in the company. They just have so many guys that could be top guys, and that's where you get worried about guys getting lost in the shuffle. And I hope Hangman doesn't get lost in the shuffle. David Finley, he'll probably, he's not, he's going to beat David Finley on Friday. I would imagine, I don't know, like if he does a post-match promo or anything after that, that'll be the big thing for hangman. So I'm interested to see where they go with hangman. They do have a lot of options with him and hopefully they, they follow up his title loss with something more than just, he just has matches and he's just kind of a guy and he's just there. Um, Let's move on to, to WWE spotlights. We had what I thought was a very good promo until Wednesday when Seth or when MJF cut his promo. Seth Rollins on Raw uh, for the go-home show against Cody Rhodes and Hell in a Cell. He referenced the, uh, AEW. Didn't like outright say AEW, but he said, you left six years ago. Your little friends tried to tear down what I built, and it didn't work. You came back here. He said, you don't get to take a sledgehammer to the throne and then come back and try to take that throne from me. I was talking about Cody leaving, going to AEW, Cody smashing the throne at Double or Nothing three years ago. Um, I thought it was a good promo by Seth. People are going to latch on to, I thought Seth didn't like it when AEW guys mentioned WWE on television, and he finds it corny, and he finds it cheap, and he finds it lowbrow, and all this stuff. Uh, look, It's different. We kind of thought that, you didn't outright mention AEW. Um, we kind of knew that at some point, Cody's AEW pass was going to be referenced. And Seth has mentioned it before. And Seth, in that same interview where he said, like, oh, it's tacky for AEW guys to mention WWE, he acknowledged that, like, when we do it, it's different because we're acknowledging history. It's not just, hey, let's take a cheap shot to take a cheap shot. And that is what Seth was essentially doing here. He was acknowledging cody's history when it came to AEW, i don't have a problem with any of the shots AEW guys can take their shots WWE guys can take their shots i think it's all great um i'm just i'm defending seth rollins i'm a seth rollins defender now i don't have the glove unfortunately um (laughs) uh, but yeah i'm a seth rollins defender now i thought this was a very good promo i really liked the the brawl that they did and this this uh pay-per-view doesn't have a ton of juice for me but i am looking forward to what they do with cody and seth what do you think of this promo jensen I, I
3: liked I like the promo. Um it it was you know, I, I like hearing them finally talking about those kind of things because it it's like the elephant in the room, it needed to be addressed. And I love that the lines that they went with were about like you can't you can't be go over there and smash a throne and then come over here and expect to take my throne. You know, like it's it's I, I like that a lot. And also Seth like Seth's a heel, so for him to kind of be a hypocrite into into, into in a degree in a way like you know if people have an issue with we'll see him or um well Seth Rollins thinks it's lowbrow to talk about the other company and yada yada it's like well he's a heel so like he's kind of being contradictory so like you know what I mean like why it's okay for him to go against his own word um yeah I mean I I <sighs> my honestly my biggest thing is i just i really don't want to see cody lose at all heading into a match with roman i really
2: are you gonna cry if cody loses you're, you're such a big cody fan you said you'll cry if he wins when he if he beats roman at summer <laughs> yeah will you cry if he loses
3: no i won't cry if he loses but <laughs> i uh i will cry tears of joy if he beats roman reigns for the world title but especially if i'm there live um but now what what throws me off though is like if he loses at hell in a cell do they just do the whole thing that everyone's expecting where he'll just win money in the bank and then do they hold off until wrestlemania for the thing with him and roman and and all this i want him roman SummerSlam nashville tennessee so i can be there live but uh yeah i i don't know i'll be picking cody in my wrestle rumble predictions guy i feel like most people are going to take seth um but it's a uh, I I love the 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 promos, but it's also like this is the third match in a row on pay per view that we've had Cody versus Seth, and you know I just I just think that there's a lot of money to be made for the WWE and a lot of interest to be generated for the WWE with an un I say undefeated Cody because like you know we're talking about his current run here, an undefeated Cody going in against Roman Reigns who hasn't lost the title, and you know. He hasn't lost a match since sometime in 2019. I mean, I I just I think there's a there's some devaluing that would go on if you know if Cody loses this match and then like he doesn't need to win Money in the Bank to be a title challenger. Although like he was supposed to win Money in the Bank like 10 years ago, um and and they changed the plans on him last minute and maybe that's something he really wants to accomplish and like maybe that's part of the story. But I. As far as the actual promo, though, like I thought the promo was really good, but it's also kind of like a pro. It's not even really it's a heelish thing because it's Seth Rollins, but at the same time, like he's kind of spitting truth on that, too. Like he's just bringing up the facts of like Cody left and he, you know, and this is what he did when he was over there. And now he's kind of crawled back and he's not really lying about anything. So, he's you know, so it's it. But like like I said, I like the promo. I'm just worried about the outcome of this match because I if you're WWE, it's hard to believe that they're just gonna have Cody beat him three pay-per-views in a row. But at the same time, what's the point of of having Seth ultimately win this? Like it just I don't know. Wins
2: and losses don't matter, Jensen. You're trying to make too much sense of winning and losing when none of it matters. Cody's trying to make it matter with like winners' purses and everything. He's trying, but They they don't care about that shit. They'll have Cody lose, and then the next night, he can just salvage himself with a promo. He can win Money in the Bank, and then he can lose a bunch when he's Money in the Bank briefcase holder, because they love doing that shit. Uh, But wins and losses, they don't matter. Seth can lose... Honestly, Seth can lose this and be fine. Seth has lost all year, and hurt him at all. He's still in these top programs. He can win Money in the Bank. Honestly, Seth can lose this, and Seth can win Money in the Bank. It doesn't matter. These wins and losses don't matter. The promo was great.
3: Yeah, Hey, fair enough. That that's that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, great promo. I think the match is going to still be great. Like, I think it's going to be think so one of one of if not the best matches. Of is of Cody going to bleed?
2: You think Cody bleeds? That's a
3: good question. I think he's going to. He I think does. he's going to want to. Um, He'll find a way. Yeah, that might be kind of like a flare type scenario where like they're like, "Don't do it," and he's like, "I won't," and then he goes out there and immediately like, and then it's like, "What are you going to do? Ask for forgiveness later?" You know what I mean?
2: Cody's um, Cody's gonna gig himself like just before the match, and then he's gonna tell Seth like just right here, give me with a couple good shots, it'll bust. I'll be like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> ran into the cage, got hit with a couple stiff ones. It happens, it happens. Cody's up. If Cody does not bleed, I will be shocked. I will be absolutely stunned. If if Cody does not bleed, I, I think he will. I was gonna say, like, I'll bleed on air, but I'm not cutting myself. I'm sorry. That's no, that I don't do. I don't need to see that, especially this this early in the morning. Gig myself, yeah. yeah. Gig myself at 9 30 on a Thursday <laughs> next week. That wouldn't that wouldn't go well. I have no idea how to do it. I I'd get bread in here to gig me like he did for Austin at WrestleMania 13. Um, is this Seth's first helen in a fiend? No, he did the, the match against Edge, JJ. Um that's right. Yeah, he may have done one like after that as well but i distinctly remember the match against edge last year um yeah Co- cody blades himself and seth just faints that's one way to win, one way to win. um well if,
3: if anyone can get away with it though it's obviously cody he's getting like, like like a kind of treatment that like we've never really we haven't really seen before um and to your point from earlier you know this really we talked about it before on the show but like it's so strange upping your value outside of the company. And that's how they perceive you as a star. Like it's, uh, you know, even like Jeff Jarrett and stuff, like he went off and like created TNA and like did all that stuff. And like, now they keep bringing him back. as like a backstage guy and like an agent and stuff. <laughs> Jeff you know Jarrett. I mean? That's
2: because he's the, he's the greatest grifting worker of all time. <laughs> like this man is on a different level. He, he's, the, he's legitimately the best worker of all time. This man went to GCW is like, yeah, let me get this payday. Let me get this win. And he's like, deuces. I'm going to take this WWE job deuces. I'm going to run this minor league baseball team. Jeff Jarrett's the best worker of all time. No to he- me him and Kevin Nash are like <laughs> one and two for me. These dudes, they'll just stay relevant and stay working forever. Doesn't matter. Flair has fucked things up. Hogan has fucked things up. Like the, a lot of these legends, they just say d- dumb stuff and they, they screw up whatever career they want. I mean, Flair now back in good graces. They're doing a documentary and stuff. Hogan can come back and like host. Jeff Jarrett remains relevant in like all promotions and is now back with WWE. And he's selling yeah. people gold bars and shit. Like that that's how he's probably getting paid in gold bars. So he sold Vince gold bars. Fuck uh, NFTs and crypto, gold bars is where it's at jeff jarrett knew this man's the best worker of all time yeah i mean he's I gonna win i can't dispute it he's gonna win the nwa world title we'll talk about that in a second uh that's my prediction um like your WWE spotlight this spots me so much friday night you're just like shanky dancing i don't need to see anything else from WWE anymore just shanky dancing this happened yep. a smackdown
3: shanky was dancing yeah, it's the only thing I saw from SmackDown too. I it, it like popped up on my <laughs> timeline or something. I immediately, uh I immediately DM'd you. I was just like, "Yeah, Shanky dancing. Don't need to see anything else." Um Yeah, that's pretty much the spotlight. Like, I just wanted to throw that out there because I just I thought it was funny. Like, like
5: <laughs> he's just out there. And he's so tall. This guy.
3: He's like he's got to be close to like a seven footer, like a legit seven footer. Like he's he's a tall dude, and I. Uh, I just thought it was funny because he was pretty much out there just, like, spamming, like, Fortnite dances. Like, he's just, he's, like, up there, like, by, like, the the, the announcer's table. Oh, this, just...
2: yeah. This man's, like, <laughs> yeah. do, do all the shanky dances here. He's all like, and then he, like, like switching
5: thing. it up to, like, other stuff. I can't and like
2: floss. Starts... <laughs> if I try to floss, it's, like,
5: hold on. Yeah. Starts so flossing.
2: I mean, uh, I, oh, you're going to ask me. Look at this old school Christian Cage shirt yeah, right here, baby. Captain Charisma oh, yeah. shirt. Yeah, my camera isn't great, but like, I don't know how to how to floss. Hold on, get get out of here, Steven Jensen. No one okay. needs to see you. Everybody wants okay. to see me attempt to floss, which I can't do at all. Okay, so it's like, how do you do it? It's like that. I can't do this at all. That that's yeah. Not how I'm gonna floss, have to try right?
3: too. All right, it's like
2: uh... all right. You're gonna floss. I can't do it. I can't do it either. I Two old yeah.
3: white men trying to it's floss. Like, this like, isn't uh, going well. Wait, hold on. No, now, now I'm on the spot. It's like a, uh, yep. it's like a <laughs> boom, boom. That's a little bit better thing. Something uh, like that. I think. Oh I think boy. I just knocked myself yeah, out. Yeah, you know, he's just, like, busting your <laughs> mic out over
2: it's just, here. It's just breaking shit. And Shakey's over here, like doing all this. He's he's like freaking vanilla ice over <laughs> here, just like doing Dude. this thing.
3: So, uh, my new spotlight is Shanky's badass cause he can dance and I can't apparently. Um, yeah, no, I, I really can't white dance. To
2: dance. We're I'm
3: way, true, way too white to dance. To be dance. fair, I'm too Jewish too. I think, I think, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a known thing that, that Jews can't dance. Uh, Jews just don't have rhythm, unfortunately. And that's, I, I am that, you know, so I just don't have rhythm, but, um, yeah, I can't do the floss. And the sad thing is, I play a lot of Fortnite. Like that's like a game that me and my brother like. It's like a bonding thing for us because like we just love to we love to play duos together. As a matter of fact, I even have a little. I got a Dark Voyager Funko Pop right here. As a matter of fact, you can I don't understand see it, but any of these references. Fortnite, but um, but yeah. Anyway, Shanky doing um, Shanky doing for basically just spamming Fortnite dances was just funny to me. So I wanted to make it the spotlight because it's like. It's just so WWE, right? We're like, yeah. Hey, we have this oh, guy honestly. who's like, He's like a 7-footer and like there's all these things we could do with this guy. And uh, you know, we can make him like this monster heel or we can do this or that and like it's going to be real believable cuz he's so huge and they're like, "You know what? Let's we'll just let's we'll just make him dance. And just see, <laughs> let's see 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 where it goes. just see what happens. Like this isn't going to wind up good for him. Like he's not going to get I mean, he might get over in the short term. Fans might kind of like laugh at this.
2: Oh, like... they don't care. Yeah, he's just gonna dance and he'll just be a comedy guy and it'll be fine. They don't have no they have no actual interest of pushing this guy. So sure, you may as well just have some fun out there. It'll be fine. He's not trying to get over and oh, this is gonna hurt his main event status. Oh, like if it keeps him on television shit, that's better than half these guys that they have no idea what to do with.
3: That's very true. Um, but it's just it is funny it's funny to watch and i'm i am intrigued to see week after week how this develops like
2: he's gonna keep <laughs> dancing there's a long term well, no, play
3: here well no no but i mean like how long will this go on like how long before vince either thinks that this is so funny that like he's gonna get a push or that it's like just just gonna give up on it you know what i mean like i feel like this is just it's not going to wind up good for shaky doing this. I just it honestly
2: could. It actually could. You're right. He could just get a big push out of this. Vince just thinks this whole shit's hilarious, and he's like, "Push the push the dancing guy. Let's do it. Let's just push this guy." And Paul Driver finisher makes a good point that I want to bring up. Gender's music. That shit bangs. That's a good ass song. All right, when that when that theme plays, I'm like, "Yeah, let go." Da 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 da. Let go. I don't know the song. I don't know that That song's really good. That and the Usos theme. Uso's theme forever, forever pops me. That shit comes on like, yeah, screw down since day one. I'm always dancing that. Fiance looks at me like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta, you gotta, gotta get it going. That song fucking bangs right there.
3: Well, the funny thing for me with Shanky was like, it came so out of the blue for me. I don't know if they've been like teasing this at all, or if it was just it random happens. for everyone. Okay. Cause I was like, all I saw was him like, looking like he was going to attack someone at the announce table or something. And I was like, "Where's this? Where's this heading?" And then he just starts dancing, and then yeah. he's going from different dance to different dance. And the crowd was kind of like into it, but they were also like really confused too. Oh, like they'll just-
2: they'll start they'll they'll start playing it. the The kids will start dancing soon enough. They'll camera cut to all the people in the crowd dancing. They're gonna get some mileage out of this shit. They will one hundred percent get some mileage out of this.
3: Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I can't forget the Funkosaurus. You know what I mean?
2: Like, there's now we should forget that, but we'll say. Really that's, my that's my point.
3: That's my point. All right. Well, shout uh, out, Shanky. You made you made the show
2: this week, Shanky. <laughs> uh, my other spotlight this week is from Shanky dancing to unfortunately Matt Cardona tearing his bicep, needing surgery. Uh, this is a big blow for a lot of reasons. And the biggest one, at least in the media future, is that he was supposed to defend the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Nick Aldis next week at a show named after him. The show is called Always Ready. It is named after him. And now he said he's going to be there. I don't think he's wrestling just a few days after bicep surgery. He's due for surgery on Tuesday is what he said. Uh, so I don't think he's wrestling just a few days after bicep surgery. I don't know what they're going to do with the title. And my assumption well, on, is that on, Jeff Jarrett comes in.
3: Well, so hold on, hold on. i think he's doing the, he's doing the surgery after
2: no he I said think. the surgery is, is it on before?
3: tuesday
2: yeah okay he said okay. He said yesterday that the surgery is on tuesday so okay i got my timeline
3: is- mixed up cuz he was saying he was going to do the match still or i guess maybe he, he's just he, said he, he, gonna gonna be there. he okay. said he was going to okay. appear he said he was going to
2: be there but he never like promised he was going to do any type of like wrestling uh cuz he's like i'll be there you know i got to show up it's my pay per view what
1: Billy Corgan
2: decides to do after that is what he decides to do. I don't okay. think he's in any condition to actually wrestle. I really don't. Cause if he was, he probably wouldn't have said any of this stuff. He would just try to pull through it. He's doing surgery. I don't think he's going to wrestle. Uh, we'll see what they do with the title. My guess is Jeff Jarrett comes in and Jeff Jarrett just wins the title and he just takes it into WWE and he defends it on WWE live events since he runs that whole program. Now, what I don't need is another Nick this run. That's what I don't need. But because Cardona is going to be out for a while, because Jeff Jarrett is now back with WWE, I don't know who else they're going to go to in this spot unless they they got somebody up their sleeve that they can sign and they can put in this spot. But I don't know who, who that is. They got Braun. They got Adam Scher coming in. They got EC3. They got Cross coming in to take this title. I don't know. What do you think, Jensen?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's another tough one because... Like, I, I mean, so with Jeff Jarrett's role in WWE, because I legitimately don't know how this works anymore with them. Like, can he still work indies and stuff? Like, if he wants to wrestle, is he allowed to do NWA if he wanted to? I don't
2: like- think so. I'm not sure that, like, I have no idea what his deal is, but he's an ex- technically an executive with WWE running live events. My guess is that, like, he's not wrestling. Like, he can't wrestle uh elsewhere but he's Jeff Jarrett. Like he's probably got it written into his contract that he can still wrestle. I'm just gonna assume because he's Jeff Jarrett, he can he can wrestle wherever he wants. I'm gonna assume he can wrestle wherever he wants. He's got that in his contract.
3: Because the Jeff Jarrett thing with Effie, that's such a shame too, because like they were still playing that story out. And like if he doesn't do G C W again, it's just like I don't think he's going to no I don't I don't I don't think he's going to I'm I'm just saying he, he totally, worked, he, he worked totally the shit swindled. out of Brett yeah. Lauderdale on that one. He, he swindled them massively. And I feel bad for Effie because like Effie should have won billion percent won that match. Um, but yeah, I because uh, that's the thing is like, I don't think anyone's really clamoring for an Aldis title run again, um, especially because he had the belt for so long. Uh, he had the two title runs technically when Cody, beat him for a short time, but he had the belt for so long. Um, and there just isn't that many good options in the NWA that they haven't like ruined. So like, for instance, I think uh, the Pope probably would have been like the best option a while back, um, especially when he was like the TV champion and he was like yeah. racking up the, the wins and he's one of the most over guys that they have. And he's still very, very good in the ring. And I just, but that's, that's the problem. the other thing that sucks about this is, you know, they were, they were building up a stipulation between, <clears throat> between Cardona and Aldis as either being a cage match or a death match at this show. And obviously like that can't happen if Cardona is not going to be in the match. So like do they just do Aldis versus someone else for the title because Cardona is going to have to vacate most likely, you know, and I just don't know who that's going to be. I could see Jeff I like I honestly the WWE stuff aside, like if Jeff Jarrett is able to be a part of this show, <coughs> I could see Jeff Jarrett legitimately winning the title. Um I could see, I mean, I don't think it'll happen on this show, but we talked about it before. I think there's a chance Rick Flair wins that title if he's gonna be wrestling again. Like I, I think it's possible. Um I I had I, a
2: dream I, mm-hmm. this this speaks volumes about my dreams. I had a dream that Sting was announced as Flair's last opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's <laughs> a scoop. I don't know if that's a spoiler, <laughs> but if they announce Sting as the last opponent just remember that my dreams predicted that first. Good. Okay? Um, That's fair. I, I, I think Flair's just doing the last match and he's done. But I guess, shit, he could do this match against Aldis at Always Ready and then still do his last match in July and just win the title. Who knows with Ric Flair? It's... Or,
3: I mean, have they announced Flair's opponent yet for the Fairgrounds? No,
2: no, they Maybe
3: been. it's Aldis. Maybe Aldis wins the World Championship at Always Ready and it's, it's Aldis versus
2: Ric Flair. It could be it legitimately could be Nick Aldous, honestly. They I hope they don't put this title back on, on Aldous. Just but I don't know if if, if it's not Aldous, I don't know who it's going to be. I know JJ said Tyrus. I could see him facing Tyrus, honestly. I could see him Tyrus coming out and being like, Well, Cardona's out, I'm in, but then Aldous is beating Tyrus. If they put this title on Tyrus, Billy Corgan better have a lot of the Smashing Pumpkins money saved up. He better be torn every single day better be playing little dive holes every single day to build this money back up because nwa ain't lasting much longer if they put this belt on Tyrese.
3: yeah yeah i don't I think that, that uh i know you did yeah i don't i mean but here's the thing is as much as we could joke about that they have legitimately put that um that tv title on him and they have like he hasn't lost in a long time <laughs> like it's like they actually have been pushing Tyrus big time in, in yeah. any way. So like you, so you, you really never know, like they might actually go with him. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we should probably move on. Cause I got about 10 minutes or so left, but I, I, I I'll say this. I, I hope Cardona a speedy recovery. I'm a huge Cardona fan. Um, you'll hear a little bit more about him when we're talking to, to Josh Bishop in our interview at the end of the show. Um, Cause we actually wind up breaking the news to Josh about Cardona's yes. injury. And, and Josh has a big story Built with him that was supposed to play out and and kind of pay off in a couple months so um so yeah i i I hope that cardona gets back uh gets back soon because he's he's been killing it everywhere that he's at and he's got stuff building in in gcw him and blake christian and him and him versus like the whole roster pretty much and nwa champion and just everything he's doing on the indies aiw absolute and intense champion like they're he's got all these title belts all over the place and, and he means a lot to a lot of companies right now. So um, it's a, it's a bummer too. Cause that was the biggest draw for me of the entire NWA always ready show was watching Cardona and now he's not going to be on the show. Job. And that's, and that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a bummer, it, you know, but I hope, I hope he gets, I hope he's back soon. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a, I'm a major mark as they, as they call themselves. So I I'm, I'm team Cardona for sure. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him back and I, I wish him a speedy recovery.
2: The other, other spotlight is the queen of the mountain match coming up at Slammiversary. I know this was announced a, a couple weeks ago, but we, we didn't really talk about it and we didn't touch on um, Mia Yim being back in impact either. So it's Tasha Steele's, Diana Parazzo, Chelsea Green, Mia Yim and Jordan Grace. In this Queen of the Mountain match for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, this is a, a, We weren't going to reference Jeff Jarrett, JJ. This is our way to get Jeff Jarrett onto the show. And then we still talked about Jeff Jarrett for 20 minutes. Queen of the Mountain. It's obviously a King of the Mountain with, with women. I don't know your thoughts on the King of the Mountain match, Jensen. Like, what do you think of this concept? And, you know, the, I, I guess this match with, with the, these, these uh, women in it.
3: So I think that the King or Queen of the Mountain concept is very convoluted and very confusing to people who've never seen it especially um I, without getting into all the rules i mean because this is the match if they still do it this way you know it's like you gotta you gotta like pin or submit somebody to qualify to be able to carry the belt up the ladder you get put in a penalty box if you get defeated there's like i mean it's 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 almost as it's almost as bizarre as when they do like those reverse battle royals where like you had to get into the room don't
2: group it with a reverse (laughs) battle royal do not do that that shit Um. is awful
3: (laughs) but i'll say this this is like levels above of like like that the feaster fired stuff which is like you know everyone goes after a briefcase but like someone's gonna win getting fired from the company so like um but uh but yeah, I uh, I I'll say this. I think the competitors in this match, this is great. Like this is a great uh, a great uh, I, I, lineup. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So we yeah, got Tasha Steele, Chelsea Green, <clears throat> Deanna Praza, Jordan Grayson, Mia Yim. I see some people in the chat saying, it, and we say it all the time, uh, Impact has one of the best. Uh, I, I'd say for a singular brand one singular show basically i think they probably have the best collection of women's talent if you look at WWE over the span of like all of their brands then they do but like impact being just one show i think that they have like the best women's roster and this is five of their best women right here in this match um i'm really looking forward to it i i legitimately have no idea who's gonna win because like tosh is a, a pretty new champion but i think she, I think it's been a little hit or miss, but mainly hit. Um, she's 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 growing as the champion as well. Um, Mia Yim's got a lot of buzz coming into the company recently. I think Jordan Grace and Diana Prado are legitimately two of the best wrestlers just in the world in general, regardless of gender. And like, I'm I'm always a fan of seeing them in a high profile situation. And Chelsea Green has done. I, she, I think she's like really over delivered from what I expected her to after leaving WWE. Like I, I didn't, I was never the biggest Chelsea green fan, but I think what she's done recently, she's really upped her game and I think that she's looked really, really good. So like, and it's not that I dislike Chelsea to begin with. I want to make that clear. It's just, I, I always felt that she was maybe a little overhyped personally, but I think she's done really well in this recent role she's been in, whether it be in an in, in impact or as a part of like, car you know stuff with cardona and gcw and stuff i I, and with aiw i i really like what chelsea green's been doing so i like this matchup a lot and as far as a prediction like i would love to see jordan grace win like i'm a huge jordan grace fan i feel like she constantly gets kind of lost in the mix so like i'd like to see her win personally but literally any of these women winning i could i could see a reasoning for all of them um and i think it's gonna be a great match
2: I, I love the concept of King of the Mountain now for this match queen of the mountain. It is very convoluted, but it's also different and wacky enough that it's still that it pops me because I love different and wacky shit. Uh so it pops me just like how different and wacky it is. But it also works. Like it it's had some staying power. Reverse battle royal that had no staying power. That that got out immediately. But this has had some staying power with how it works. I, I really like the, the king of the mountain concept bless chef Jarrett, but just the greatest wrestler the greatest worker the greatest mind in the business that, that, that's ever lived um i think mia yim's going to win i know she's on a short-term contract it takes her to bound for glory i think she can just have a short reign with the title and then drop it to whoever at bound for glory but i, I think mia yim is going to end up winning this match she she came in with a lot of buzz her debut was great um she's she, she automatically looks like a star going into things and i think if you give her the title maybe there is a chance that she signs a longer extension with them because obviously aew is the other place she could go AEW's women's division now that they've added athena uh will washington is pretty set that they're going to add one more and of course they had previously had a tony storm this year will's pretty set that they're going to add one more in the next coming weeks and stuff. And you know, Dakota, Candace, Tegan are all kind of the names floating out there. Um, so if they add another one, Mia Yim very much could get lost in the shuffle impact. She ain't get lost in the shuffle. She could be a star in impact. So I think she ends up, if she wins the title, you could sell her on signing longer with impact. And I think that um, she ends up staying with impact. you whether she wins the title or not, I think she ends up staying with impact, but I think Mia could have kind of a short run with the title.
3: Yeah. I think all that, all that totally makes sense. Um, I just, I just hope it's a good match and I, I expect it to be, there's a lot of great talent in there. And also just really quick, Jeff Jarrett, we keep talking about, about how great of a guy Jeff Jarrett is and, and how great of a worker he is. I will say this, like in all honesty, I, because, I you know, I lived in Nashville as long as I did, and I actually had seen him in person a couple times, just, like, out and about, and he legitimately is, like, a really, really nice guy, like, at least to the fans. Like, I walked up to him, and I was just, like, I'm a big wrestling fan, and it's, like, really cool to meet you, and we sat there and talked about, like, minor league baseball and, like, other wrestling, and for, like, five, ten minutes, like, just just standing there and he was like god jj is cool. going crazy right now to you telling this jeff Jarrett story but like literally he was like it, i couldn't believe that he was he was just so personable like he was just he was legitimately interested in 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 talking to another wrestling fan just about did he try to sell you gold anything.
2: bars he was trying to sell you something
3: he didn't try to sell me anything dude i was literally because I, I was talking to him it was actually at a Nashville sounds game a minor league baseball game and i was like I was like, man, I wish that like y'all would run. uh Cause he was with NWA at the time. I was like, man, or, or sorry, he was also doing like global force. And I remember being like, man, I really wish you would run this stadium. And he's like, yeah, it's tough for like this reason or that reason. But he's like, I love this stadium. I love this town, blah, blah, blah. And then I started talking about his wrestling career a little bit and just like how I'm a big fan and like really love that he founded TNA and all this stuff. And it was it was just he was a really, really, really nice guy. Um, so I, I want to throw that out there for for all the flack he, he gets for like all these various reasons. Like if you're a wrestling fan, you approach Jeff Jarrett, he'll probably be really,
2: really, really nice to you. So just throwing that out there. Just trying to sell you them gold bars. That's why he's mm-hmm. nice to you. Uh Andy Spotlight this coming week on Uncharted Territory, uh June sixth. Uh it'll be AC Mack defending the independent wrestling championship <coughs> against uh Speedball Bailey. So two two former guests on the show. So Speedball continuing his run of greatness this year, just having banger matches after banger matches. I expect no no different on this one against AC Mac. I'm really looking forward to this match. I've really enjoyed the Uncharted Territory uh season this year with uh, you know, it's been in the southeast, which has been a big thing. And you know, we had we've had Mose on the show to talk about it as well. He's doing commentary for for it, so I, I think it's been Uncharted Territory was already like the best weekly independent show when it was being run in the Northeast, and now being in the Southeast, it's been just just as good as advertised. So if you guys haven't been watching it, please watch it uh, and definitely check out Speedball against AC back this Monday because I expect this to be one of the the better independent matches. I mean, it might be the best Uncharted Territory match uh, of the season when it's all said and done. Speedball he doesn't miss. Speedball does not. Yes. Miss.
3: Which is saying a lot too, because they've had some bangers already. The first, I think, there are four episodes in now on Uncharted Territory. Yeah, for this season, and they every show is has totally delivered, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely check this show out. Use code Fight Talk if you want to help me out over there at IWTV. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I I I can't wait to see this match and and to kind of talk about it more after it happens because speedball in my opinion is legitimately one of the best all round workers in the world right now like in any company anywhere anywhere in the world you know i i think he just he's making a real case for wrestler of the year right now and
2: yeah i I think think he's i think he'd get it if unfortunately he wasn't just working a bunch of like independent shows and stuff If if you give him just one big platform he'd probably get it but people are gonna i mean danielson's gonna be up there And you know, the guys who work the television and everything are probably going to be more likely to get in speedball, but like from consistency from body of work, just the catalog it's going to be tough to deny speedball at the end of the year.
3: Yeah. Well, at least he does have the impact platform. I know it isn't quite like the WWE or the AEW platform, but he does have some level of like the TV exposure with impact, which is good. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be an absolute banger and AC Mac has been a great IWTV champion. Um, He's great as a heel or as a babyface, face and in character wise, and he's great in the ring too. He just, he doesn't show it as much when he's a heel because he's usually kind of getting his ass kicked, but then like he'll find a way to win. Um, but but when he needs to go in the ring, he can really go in the ring. So I think this match is going to be fantastic. And I'm assuming AC Mack will retain the title, um, but I think it's going to be an absolute banger, and it's cool that Speedball is going to be there in like Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the TW Arena. Like those fans are going to love him there. So, um, so yeah, I I'm looking forward to that. Shout out to IWTV. Shout out to Southeast First. Shout out to our boy Jumping Johnny Mosley and uh, our other boy Dylan Hales over there, locking down the commentary. And uh, yeah, I yeah, I can't say enough good things. I'm very much looking forward to AC Mac versus uh, versus Speedball Bailey.
2: Jensen, your ending spotlight is this guy
3: yes early morning guy steal let's go and unfortunately i have to bounce i mean, I, I got like two minutes before i gotta run out of here but yeah so early morning guy steal uh is the biggest mystery in all of wrestling are you gonna leave him up there yeah <laughs> um okay he's the biggest mystery in all of wrestling um <clears throat> there has been a lot of you know a lot of chatter about who is this guy he's obviously he's wearing a mask that looks like a human face but like it's a mask um his gimmick is basically that of a guy who like botches, but then will hit something spectacular. So like he'll like climb the ropes and like rack himself because he's off balance, but then he'll hit like some crazy like four fifty or something off the top rope. Um, I they have been throwing people off the scent for a while here. They they were teasing that one of the referees Jesse was him, um, who wears like the big glasses and i had to go back and look at the clusterfuck to, to to do some investigating and i noticed that jesse that referee was right there in the same frame as early morning guy steel so it isn't him so the question is who is this guy my guess as of right now i think this is john morrison potentially i know this ah. sounds i know this sounds crazy but the moves that he's been doing lately he, he his finisher uh he won uh he won the scramble this past this past gcw show his finisher was pretty much a starship pain or something very sorry not a starship pain a uh, moonlight drive it was very similar kind of like that twisting neck breaker and i was like that's kind of like a morrison move and he also did that barrel roll 450 that morrison does and he's been using more on, on the indies it's like uh it's like a sideways 450 off the top and in early morning guys still basically did that move too at and also he was in the scramble match, and on the same show, Morrison wrestled the match later that night also. So, like, Morrison was in the building. So, like, my investigative work, I, I think this might be John Morrison. Um, and on top of that, Dad, who we will hopefully be talking to soon right on this show, who some of y'all might know from, like, YouTube and the Creator Clash, he's friends with John Hennigan, John Morrison, and he's been appearing on shows with him and I tweeted at dad and said, Hey, I want to see you versus early morning Guy steal. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, is it Morrison? Like, so I think this <laughs> might be Morrison. So I'm just throwing that out there.
2: It would pop me tremendously if John Morrison is like, yeah, I'm wrestling Samoa Joe and Miro on <laughs> AWTV. And then on the weekends, I go cosplay as early morning Guy guys. Steal. Uh, you know, good work if you can mm-hmm. get it. I first, I know you got to go Jensen. I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you do your plugs. And then I'll talk a little bit about early morning guys. Deal. Yeah, go for it. Cause once again, obviously he's wearing a lot of padding and stuff under
3: there. Like it's hard to tell who this is under this suit, but that said, and I don't know. I don't know the height. So we'd have to do a little more investigating, but <clears throat> shout out to early morning guys. steal. if y'all want to follow me on Twitter, it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L underscore. Um,
2: just excuse me, follow me there. And, um, yeah, I got to run. Thank you, Jensen. I'll talk to you next week. Jensen will be back next week. We're back at 930 next week, everybody. Uh, but thank you to Steven yes, Jensen. Enjoy, enjoy the Josh Bishop interview, y'all. Yes. Um, JJ, we can... Does Early Morning Guy steel have Twitter? Let's see. If not, I'll tweet Joey Janela right now and see if we can't get Early Morning Guy steel on the show. Um, why is Twitter acting... Is Twitter acting up for anybody else? It's been giving me some issues for the last uh, couple couple days. Oh, Early Morning Guy Steel does have Twitter. Uh not a lot of followers. Now fighting humans, not just cows, for booking contacts. Alright, so he's on Twitter. Alright, let's tweet Early Morning Guy Steel. Right. Hey, it's at Early Steel. If anybody would you like to be interviewed by. Oh wait. How should I set this up? Hey Morning... we myself and at Fightalk. Stevenson would like to interview you on the spotlight. You are awesome. (laughs) Let us know if you're interested. Okay, there we go. Let's see if we can get early morning Kai Steele on this show. (laughs) I first saw him at the scramble. He's, He's so good. He's he's hilarious. I didn't get it at first. I was like, this is stupid as shit. And granted, this is the scramble, the clusterfuck. Um, not the scramble, sorry, the clusterfuck. Uh, at spring break, and it's very late. It's like 3 a.m. or something. I'm very tired. And he comes up and yeah, he probably will be like, who the fuck is this? Um, and he's out there. And I was like, oh man, this is Can we just end this thing? But then the more it went, I was like, this is this is so stupid, but it works. Uh bless. Bless early morning guy steal. Maybe we'll get him on the spotlight in the coming weeks or something. We shall see. All right, everybody. I am going to throw to the interview we did with Josh Bishop. Uh, in AIW tradition, Josh was, did not have his video on, but he's there. I promise you he is there. Uh, we we talked to Josh about his AIW run. Comparisons to Sid. Uh, comparisons to the great Psycho Sid where I, I go to bat for, for Sid. I talked about Britt Baker and uh, his relationship, friendship with her, and learning from her. Um, we did break the news of Cardona's injury to him. Uh, we talked a little bit of basketball at the end and just a uh, really, really fun talk with, with Josh. Bishop. We'll go about 30 minutes with Josh. And here we go. Let me, let me at least hit the right buttons. I lost it when I lost when Tony Khan cut my Wi-Fi. Uh, here we go. Josh Bishop from AIW can follow him uh, at, joshua underscore joshua bishop underscore but here we go let's head on over to the interview
3: welcome to the creator spotlight the interview portion of the spotlight with myself and jeremy lambert i of course am steven jensen today via audio we have one of my favorite independent wrestlers in the entire world the guy whose journey i've been following for quite a while now um he's big time player in AIW. We just talked to John Thor- John Thorne recently. He's going back after those absolute and intense championships that Matt Cardona holds. We are here with part of the Rip C D shooters, Joshua Bishop. Josh, how are you doing today, man?
5: I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. I loved your guys' interview with uh Thorne a few weeks ago.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. He he was he was a great interview. A lot of really, really great um A lot of really great stuff, and I spoke very highly of you and a lot of others that we see on a regular basis there at Absolute Intense Wrestling. Um, Josh, just in general, man, like, I feel like, you know, John, John talked about it a little bit last week. I feel like you've been on the brink of, like, really, really breaking out in the world of wrestling for a little while now and i feel like your your time in aiw you become like a superstar of that promotion and you know i've got to see you in in a lot of different settings uh, especially like live in nashville at southern underground pro and, and all that stuff how do you feel about kind of where you're at in wrestling right now because i know you've uh and jeremy i'm sure will pop back in i know you've um i know you've you've had a lot going on but i'm sure i know you've also you know i know you've had trials with wwe i know other companies are interested and i know you've done stuff with the nwa Like, how are you feeling about kind of like where you're at right now in the wrestling world?
5: Um, I love it. I definitely have goals and things that I want to achieve. Like, I have my own personal goals and stuff. I don't uh, like to put that stuff like out there online. I think it kind of like, then you're almost begging for it to happen. Like, I kind of have my own stuff in my phone that I put down every year and like, I've been checking more and more off, like every year, like bigger ones up, just like climbing up the ladder of like working for more places, working more main events, like we're having the like the chance to work and learn from uh, getting in there with like some of the best dudes in the game at like the highest level, and just like learning and just like getting better every year. I love it. Like, I mean, yeah, like. I like It would be cool, I guess, maybe. I don't know, actually, if it would be cool to be, like, signed somewhere or not, like, because everyone's kind of signed. So, it's just nice being – me and Wes are just doing our thing. We're just trying to grow on our own every year. Well, and speaking of Wes, you
3: know, that's someone else that I, I like to shout out a lot, too, because I think that the two of y'all – are great as a tag team. And I think they're, I think y'all are great as like the dynamic of like him being like a manager for your matches as well. And he can really go in the ring too. I think there's a lot of uh, possibility, but with the two of y'all separately and individually in like a whole lot of different ways. Um, how, how do you know Wes? Cause y'all seem really tight.
5: I just met him at training. He just, well, for the first two or three shows I was at before he started uh, coming to the school like one my one of my duties was I was selling like the beer tickets and stuff, and he came to some of the shows. and I just remember he was getting beer tickets because, I mean, he looks the way he does, so he's pretty like recognizable. You know what I mean? And then he started coming to training, and then we just kind of hit it off. He's a couple years older than me, but like we have this uh, so much of the same similar interests and the people we like in wrestling, like why we like wrestling. But then we also have sometimes have some extreme polar opposites. So we just have like a good – we're a good dynamic, I think. And Mm -hmm. I can manage him. He can manage me. We can do whatever. I don't really see it as like a manager role when we do stuff. More just kind of like outsider style. If that makes sense, it
3: does. It really does, and I, I see it the same way. Uh, he, I remember Wes did some really good, uh, like promos that he recorded too for social media a little while back. That kind of had those kind of vibes. Might maybe it might have been like the. Uh, yeah, I remember you had a really, really good video package put together for something to the, to the my way video as well. Oh, um,
5: for, um the collective in Indiana, or yeah. Indiana. For me and Justice, know it was wild bladder.
3: Yeah, that was bad. Well, speaking of you and Justice, I have to ask like right now before I forget to ask, because it, it happened to be the like the three year anniversary when we were talking to John
5: the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though know, because probably every day for the last three years, Justice and I have gotten tagged in it by someone or they've tweeted it at us or like retweeted or liked a tweet that has it in it. So to us, like we see it every day almost. So it's not that big of a deal. But then like one day, like a bunch of people like more than the normal were tagging us and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I guess it sex my I said, Oh, guess say happy anniversary today, huh?
3: That's a wild Jamie. You were at the show recently. Um, yeah. I want to
2: hear your thoughts on, on, cause you had to see Josh live. Was that one of the first times you've seen him live? That was, that was the first time I've seen him live. So I was, out, I was at gauntlet for the gold, uh, the other weekend. And yeah, the first time I've seen you live. And the first thing that jumped off the page to me watching live was like the presence that you have and, and the control, like the way you control the audience that you have. And I, I hope this does, does not offend. Uh, and I'm sure she was just comparing with the, the hair, but my fiance is like, Big Sid vibes from you, and I'm a huge fan <laughs> of Sid. Like, how how many times have you heard that? Because you're immediately you're immediately uh, laughing and popping for it. Every
5: <laughs> I've done for probably the last since I dyed my hair blonde, <laughs> which wasn't even like a Sid thing. It was just I knew I was going to be doing more matches where I could gig and stuff, so I wanted to get that Ric Flair going, where you're just right. that Ric Flair style and then it just I just so happened that that's when I was like getting bigger and not looking like such a teenager anymore. So also it just happened to like line up that people started making the connection and I mean I do saw a lot of the similar moves and stuff so I see where it comes from but that's cool. Like I it's better than being compared to like
2: some jabroni. <laughs> I mean you, you got the you got the jacket as well. Sid rules. Like for people who yeah. who just like think Sid was was the shits because they've only they've they maybe heard stories haven't watched them, The man's charisma without like doing much. You know they've seen the botches on the mic and stuff. But that oh, man just the way he controlled an audience and the way like his charisma and everything. He was getting cheered over Shawn Michaels in Madison Square Garden at like peak Shawn Michaels during his WWF run. Don't tell me Sid was not awesome. Anybody
5: listening? He is awesome. I'm not saying he's not.
2: <laughs> no, th- this isn't this isn't you this is anybody who's like oh why are you comparing him to Sid Sid was the shit it's like no Sid was the man
5: yeah that, that's
3: hilarious jo- Josh how long have you been doing this now like like pro wrestling because I, I remember I interviewed you when you were probably like just a few matches in doing yeah, stuff was- out of the basement east so in
5: 2017 so I had my first match like May 27th I think was the like it's almost like back-to-back anniversaries of uh, old balcony and then first match and stuff that's wild
3: and for you has has time flown by or has it been like a long four years
5: flown by (laughs) flown by from the pandemic that felt like it was 15 years but everything else I can't I could not believe that because it was actually so funny I found this picture from my debut match when I was, like, looking through what uh, some, like, tag photos I had, because on Facebook it says, like, your memories or whatever. And then um, one of them was a picture of me, Britt, and Adam Cole, like, them talking to me after my match and giving me some advice, like, that someone took. And it was funny that it was almost, like, five years on the date from the day I had my debut match till we were tagging up at the Tadmore Shrine. And it was just funny, because even when we were in the ring, we were talking about it, like... Remember when like so many years ago when this was happening or this was happening? Wow time flies by while we're just like on the apron <laughs> just talking <laughs> about dumb
2: things. It was oh, funny. I, I was gonna ask about teaming with Brit because that was a big surprise at the show last week and, and you guys got to, to team with her and picked up the win. Uh what was it like teaming with Brit and like has she shared any advice now that she is, I mean, big time television star uh backstage when you guys were talking?
5: Oh, it was awesome. Britt couldn't have been cooler. She is the one—I mean, the man or the woman. She's awesome. Britt's always been cool to me. I've always appreciated like how awesome she was to me from when I first started training to even come back and team with us. She didn't have to do that. If you listen to a W podcast or talks about how she did it for free, she gave all of us in the match extra money. Out of her pay from her meet and greet, and then gave the rest of it back to the company. She's just, she's awesome. She's a great person, and I was, it was awesome that she came back because obviously people thought the fake out was gonna be a six man with us versus Cardona and PME, and then for that Brit pop, like as I as I knew it was happening, I like kind of turned to, had to turn my head because I was like, this is so awesome. I don't want to. <laughs> gonna happen besides the four of us or the seven of us in the ring right now and the people in the back and then when her music hit it was electric it was unreal that was awesome That was awesome to be a part of
2: it was uh, being you know being in the crowd for that it was a big big surprise when then that music hit and it was great to see her come back and you know she got the promo of like you know we're friends but like this is my blood and everything so like that was being live it was a great experience and then to to see the match with her uh that was really, it was a really cool moment for aw and john thorne promised like some big surprises for the show certainly delivered with uh Britt baker's return there and it's great to hear like the kindness of her heart to do all that He's uh, awesome.
5: It's always been awesome she could not be cooler.
2: what what do you think it is josh
3: with uh with aiw and john thorne just in general where like we heard a, he told us during our interview a couple weeks ago about how johnny gargano never upped his rate because like he just wanted to help aiw he he charged 40 bucks a match when he was one of the biggest <sighs> names in all of in all of wrestling and it sounds like Britt baker you know she's paying it back like, what, what do you think it is with, with AIW and John Thorne and, like, kind of the operation to, as to why wrestlers are so selfless uh, to help the promotion?
5: Um, It's just, like, a family. It seriously is like a family in the locker room, almost, because if there is someone that's, like, a toxic person in the locker room or... So, uh, they're trying to cause, like, trouble or politic or stir. Or, like, any of the bullshit that you hear about that happens in wrestling, locker rooms, like, they're out. And, like, Thorne just doesn't bring them back. or Thorne and Biggins wouldn't bring them back. And so it was always just the cool – like, the locker rooms are cool. Like, it's just cool to hang out in. Everyone's cool with everybody. There's no issues. Even, when like, when a new person comes in, uh, everyone's just cool. Like, there's nothing, like – I've been in like every, a lot of locker rooms all over for like bigger comp, for every company and like even bigger name independence. Uh, and there's nothing like an AIW locker room because you know, after the show, you're all gonna hang out and it's almost like you're all going to get food if you can together. And like everyone's hanging out at the after party, whatever bar it is, if it's Max or, uh, now if it's that um dive bar and no matter where it's at it's everyone just here to hang out and have a good time no drama nothing it's awesome i love it you're, I, you're,
3: you're say, oh i was gonna say i you, you mentioned you know some other companies that, that you've been working with and one of the companies i just wanted to bring up real quick before i forgot to ask what's the experience been like in JCW for you? Cause they're making you out to be an like absolute killer in that company. And I really want to see more of you doing that. And I want to see more of you in like GCW and stuff too. Like, do you think that there's more of that coming soon?
5: Uh, Yes. It's just haven't been able to like dates haven't lined up. It's uh, that's really it. The only issue there, but definitely we'll be back there soon. Um, it's been awesome because like for instance, you brought up the Sid comparison. That's exactly what Lauderdale said. He said, "I want you. <laughs> I don't want you to do Sid. Uh, that's cool with me. I love it. I love growing up. I loved like big guys, like, and I love squash matches. So I love it. And I love that it's creative. Like I try to do them creatively enough in a way where it's not just obviously an independent wrestling crowd does not want to see a squash match. Like they want a competitive match. So I try to make them interesting and unique enough to where It'll keep your attention the entire time, and it's not just, like, a 30-second done and over, like, this guy come out and hits his moves. Like, I try to do wild things, like stack weapons in crazy ways, and, like, keep it interesting. And now it's cool that when I come out, the <laughs> the crowd just chants fresh meat or they That's <laughs> It's, it's going to be bad for whoever's in the ring, and it's just fun. Those are just really fun. It's creative, and I honestly, I appreciate everyone that has ever been in there with me during that time, because... I am full blown stiffy McGee, just be <laughs> i on
2: on the creativity, the finish to the gauntlet for the gold was you hitting a razor's edge on guy over the top rope through a yeah. table. so like, I think
5: that a lot of times Royal Rumble finishes are kind of flat, yeah. And so I just had this idea, New Derek's a little crazy. So I just had this idea that if there's a wood table out there, I'm going to awesome bomb you over the top through the table and we're not going to tell anybody about it. And we'll
0: just
5: (laughs) deal with it later. be a super hot finish and no one could really be mad. And so when I came out on my entrance, on my way after the Brit match, I kind of pulled it to where I wanted it. And then when I came out of my entrance for the gauntlet, I pulled it a little more to the set, like how I like it. When I'm gonna do an awesome bomb to the floor, uh, <laughs> so I can make. I took care of it the best because I knew nobody would move it because nobody knew what was going on. Right. And it was just all right. Here we go. Let's to happen. See. Ya. <laughs> yeah,
3: that that seems to be a little bit of a theme with the uh, ask for don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> because John Thorne was telling us about the balcony spot with justice Uh-oh. as well. How that was the same situation. <laughs>
5: so mad he was so mad
2: <laughs> did, was so did he did he mention anything about the the bomb over over onto the table was he like um, what are you doing
5: no <laughs> <laughs> no we didn't talk about it hopefully uh, too mad. i don't know we have no, <laughs> talk since then so
2: <laughs> um i remember like so when that happened you guys like did the double tees on the apron and everything and yet you picked him up and i could see you were angling for something but there was nobody on the outside to catch and so i'm up on the bleachers so i can't see like the table on the other side so like watching it live again just the other thing was like wow holy shit, this happened because i can see you were about to like toss him over the top i was like this is insane if he's just gonna land on the floor because there's no one to catch him and the table and i saw afterwards like you were you were hanging out with um after the show and i heard someone ask you like where did he go like what where did you hit it And you had to tell somebody like oh it was a table over there everything's good
5: well, we did also luckily, Derek is nuts because we did agree, hey, there might not be a table oh, going- oh no <laughs> hope there's a table
2: <laughs> so he was willing to just take that like all right, sure, just toss me to the the floor yeah, table nuts. or no table yeah, he's nuts. I mean, that that is that is crazy <laughs> oh man so one one match i want to shout out
3: real quick it was a long time ago but it's a match that's always stuck out to me as like one of my favorites because it technically speaking it wasn't like the best technical wrestling match i've ever seen but it was one of just the most brutally hard-hitting just authentic matches i've seen in person was you versus manders in the basement east this was a a while back but y'all just beat the hell out of each other do you remember that match is that that's the kind of stuff that you like if it isn't going to be like a squash match do you like having that kind of
5: match I definitely like it when I get to get in there with, like, a bigger guy and uh, just kind of throw down. Like, I don't mind it. Like, I tell them, hey, you're going to know I'm there. Make sure you hit me back. Because I think that it makes for a better match if you're just kind of beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) So I don't mind it if someone's hitting me. As long as they're not, like, crushing me with punches in the face or anything. But, I mean, I don't mind if you're a roughing me up a little bit i don't care
3: i mean has that happened to you at all like has anybody like really went after you because i feel like it'd be kind of a bad idea considering like your size and strength um, and stuff to really go at you
5: not in like a way where it's a in a negative way but in like a teaching moment of like teach you how to like fight back and defend yourself kind of yes but like it was just so but it like is a teaching moment of like okay I need to learn to fight back and not just get my ass whooped by this, this crowd. Like if he's going to frail me, you just stand up for myself. Even if it's just like, and then as soon as you do that, it just ends it.
3: Um, Some other questions I had for you, it's kind of all over the place, but you know, I've, I've been following you for a while. So like I do, I'm just kind of thinking everything kind of all at once. And, Um, you know, you've, you've gotten to spend time recently in the ring with guys like Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. And I know Cardona just announced that I think he's getting, was it bicep surgery? Yeah. He torn bicep. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's it been like being in the ring with those guys who are like, you know, such worldwide, you know, superstars that I'm sure you can learn a lot from. And, And then also, so how does this maybe affect the timeline of I guess we don't know for sure how long Cardona is going to be out, but that's the big kind of redemption story going on with you right now is you getting those titles back from Cardona. So how has it been working with those guys and uh, how looking forward? how much are you looking forward to doing it
5: again with those guys? Um, First of all, I did not know about the Cardona like surgery thing, so that kind of sucks. I hope he it, it's not as bad as maybe they say and he will get. Hopefully he gets well soon Um, because I know he's a big heel, but he is also kind of the man. He's helpful. Uh, I appreciate him a lot. Like he teaches me a lot every match and in ways that are like, I don't think he means to be me, but it's like, damn, all right. I really do need to step this (laughs) (laughs) up. So I appreciate it. And especially him and my, and especially Myers like that, Wrestling Brian Myers was so mind-boggling to me because he's someone that I think is probably, honestly, one of the best workers in the world. I seriously think him and uh, Cardona are just unreal good at everything they do, and they're so underrated. So, it's been awesome because they're so helpful to me, Les, and it, would be, it is awesome. I appreciate it. Them so much
2: because they help us out a lot when they don't have to. I was so good. I I was going to ask if you if you heard anything about the Cardona situation because you're supposed to wrestle him in July, and and like Jensen was saying, this is the the big redemption that they were setting up. And I mean, torn bicep—that's usually like a six nine month recovery there Mm -hmm. if you get surgery. So it feels like he's going to be out for a little bit, and I did not know if. Um, You have been contacted about this and if you've heard of new plans, but apparently we're breaking the news to you.
5: No, uh, no, I have no idea. I hope that he's all right. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do, I guess.
2: Uh, I, I hope that John Thorne and AIW have some type of, I'm sure they're working on contingency plans because for the gold was supposed to set everything up and then the, the angle afterward and just the angle in general, the story in general was supposed to set everything up. So hopefully uh, there's some suitable replacement. So you can still have, have your big match at Absolution.
5: <laughs> yeah, I hope. So. I don't know. Who. Um, I don't know. If anyone wants to come to Absolution, I need mean, a Oh man,
3: maybe 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 Myers, maybe even Myers, maybe uh-huh. maybe you know.
5: Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting back in there with him again. It was pretty fun. It was awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've really enjoyed y'all's y'all's whole story with all that. I think it's been really really cool to watch that all play out. Um, who are who are some people that you haven't got to mix it up with that you want to get in the ring
5: with? Um. I think maybe, definitely, I would say a guy like Janela, probably. He's kind of the gatekeeper in a way, like the modern gatekeeper of the Indies. I'd uh, love to get in there with Tom Lawler again. I think I've wrestled him every year in my career. So just to see, is this going to be better than last time in like a weird way of like, am I getting better as a wrestler? A singles match with Derek Direction, I think, would be very fun. Or Derek Dillinger, sorry, would be really fun. Uh, just because we had fun with that, like thirty seconds we had at the gauntlet, I bet we could do something nice and spicy.
2: Any any tag matches with you and uh, West that you'd like to? Any guys you'd like to work?
5: yeah our number one is <laughs> probably will never happen but it's kingston and homicide that's Ooh, our number okay number one. rule, yeah, that's rule. i like that a lot rock and um, roll the rock and roll express and yeah. like their farewell tour i would love if we could rock, work that in some way just because that be... yeah
3: that'd be sick <laughs> wait um what was the experience like doing nwa by the way i know you were a part of the crockett cup but oh. i thought that was really cool because it was not only y'all but also uh seeing bounces
5: forever up there too that was really cool to see yeah it was awesome actually um it was a really good i had it a lot of fun it was a great experience i thought they just let us do whatever we want really and kind of just go crazy and try to make the most of it and it was fun everyone in the back was super cool they went out of their way to talk to us and help us out. Then like the vets that saw stuff. It was kind of like shocking how cool everyone in the back was towards us because we were just pre-show guys. and They were they are obviously big names in wrestling. It's awesome.
3: Was that in the Nashville Fairgrounds? Yeah. Okay.
5: Yeah. I love that venue. I love, love the fairgrounds. That was the first time I was there.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I got to see you in the basement east quite a bit back in the day. Do you have um? Do you have any unfinished business with Alley Catch? You guys have both had quite, quite, quite a quite <laughs> career career trajectory since uh, yeah, we, since your well, um, old feud.
5: You know, I don't know. Uh, we the times have <laughs> changed for us both.
3: Man, I don't know if I should ever even bring that up to because, like, I'll be talking about you and I'll be like. I want to tell people about the kind of the origin story but i'm also like i kind of love where you're at right now and i feel like
5: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was different a different universe a different in the multiverse it
3: was hey hey, speaking of that you mentioned tom lawler i know he was like a mentor for you early on do you still i know you said you wrestle him like once a year but is he someone you still uh stay in touch with fairly often
5: oh that is my boy we uh (laughs) we text each other all the time a lot of it is just very dumb wrestling obscure clips that we find of each other and send or obscure wrestlers that nobody would know about that we send to each other and we just try and pop each other by then doing one of their moves in the, in a match or something.
2: <laughs> Love it. Did did you okay, did you rib Tom Lawler on the, the door? What happened with the door at Gauntlet for the Gold with the teases and then no one used it?
5: I have no idea. Oh.
2: They, they him and kaplan were built into this door spot and then the door never got used in this match and and thankfully you you saved things with the the bomb over on over the table but very disappointing that that door never got used in that match uh, with kaplan so uh, w- next time you fight tom waller it's please somebody go through a door put him through right. a door
5: i have uh i have definitely pulled some ribs on him but i was not a part of a, a door rib <laughs>
2: Can we, you're okay. Any yeah,
5: answer? now
3: we got
2: I mean, yeah. to yeah, know about these oh, ribs you pulled on no, Tom Lawler. No, <laughs> so,
1: have
2: you ever done anything with his entrance gear? He's he's very known for his entrances and so oh, ever made him like do any like hey, do this entrance just to pop me type of thing.
5: Uh, at Black Label one time, somehow he got me. This is why Tom Lawler is the ultimate guy. Is I was just a no, like, even more of a nobody than I am now. Um, <laughs> it's like I only had a few matches, I had like maybe two matches at Sub and like four AIW matches. And he was just like got me the spot to come out with him at his Black Label Pro as like his manager and almost his like heavy, even though I was so much smaller than him. And <laughs> we would just do silly entrances every time. And one time we did, uh dominatrix nuns that we (laughs) that we we made these costumes at like a party city.
3: that's so funny oh my gosh that was a long time ago already wasn't it that was uh, that was back in like 2017 also
5: yeah Yeah. oh my god when you wrestled Nick Gage I remember that as just so funny to me (laughs) this <laughs> dude is the ultimate i will do whatever that i think is funny kind of guy he
2: oh when he was doing that stuff in the ufc it was it was so great and it's like yeah this guy he just thinks about this stuff differently he, he's an entertainer and so it's been oh. great watching him succeed this much in wrestling he's
5: awesome he is so cool
2: it's it's been awesome seeing
3: his trajectory in pro wrestling because like Dana White hated him. Like he made, he didn't make any secret about that. Like he didn't like the entrances and like the gear he would wear. And he got so screwed over. Like the that whole suspension he had to deal with with the UFC, and then they just like cut him. And and he, for people who don't know, he pretty much failed for like the same thing. John Jones just like is allowed to fight with. Like like no one even cares. And Tom Lawler like wound up just getting totally screwed by the commissions and the company. But he rebounded so tremendously in the world of pro wrestling so like i think it's just awesome that he's had this whole kind of second life in wrestling After he still does he does mma every now and then still but like i don't know if he's retired now but i know he had a fight fairly recently
5: uh, <laughs> i think he's retired he said but
2: you never know i guess i don't know
3: yeah it's kind of like pro wrestling like yeah, yeah, he, he, really he last
2: fought in June of last year. So it's been about PFL. It was
3: PFL. Yeah yeah. 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 He's still a super high level fighter. Um, but yeah, I I just think it's been really cool seeing what he's done in pro wrestling because I feel like he's still kind of almost flies under the radar too. Like, you know, he he I feel like he has the potential to be like a massive, massive star in wrestling. All I mean he is for you know for for what for what he does, but like he's another guy that like I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen him on, like, a bigger stage because he's just a charisma machine, and he's great in the ring, and he's super credible.
5: Yes, so I don't, he is the most charisma I've ever seen in my life because he comes out, and he just... Now everything I he's swinging this, like, stupid denim strap thing he has.
2: Yes, he, but, was, he was whipping Kaplan with it.
5: Yeah, and he's, like, doing <laughs> stuff like that, and I'm like, you are a legend because... <laughs> This is like some dumb, sh- like some dumb kind of like comedy stuff, but like he always makes it work to be money, which I don't understand. Like, he's the ultimate, like, he has that flip switch ability of like, I'm gonna come out and we're gonna have a good time, but then when the bell rings, let's rock. And even sometimes in the ring, I don't know if you guys watch and Moxley, but he's, yeah, he called him Dean, like, in the middle of a match. <laughs> and it's just like, the little things like that are so funny. And that's why I'm like dude,
2: he is the man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out here on a a non wrestling question. How how come Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year over Evan Mobley? Who what were these voters thinking?
5: Oh, there's no love for Cleveland in the league. There's no love.
2: I, I, was, I thought Mobley had a great season, and Barnes, I, he, he deserved it. He had a very good season as well. But Mobley was a, a game-changer for Cleveland this year. And those
5: Cavs. The East is about to start running through Cleveland again. <laughs> East runs through Cleveland. Enjoy it, Boston.
2: I I was say like, Boston's still young. Jesus. Boston's still young. I mean, Cleveland maybe a couple years. Maybe a couple years.
5: Uh, we're getting when LeBron comes home. We need you, <laughs> LeBron, Come and home bringing King. Bronny Junior. with him. Come home, King. Yes, yeah, pass the torch <laughs> off to Bronny. Oh, that's some pro wrestling storyline right there. <laughs> it would be. That would be yeah. amazing.
2: Really would be. <laughs> Come home, King.
5: We we'll we we'll get we'll play Puff Daddy all over the city.
3: <laughs>
5: nice.
3: um yeah so the the the, la- the last question i got for you and i know you kind of alluded to this before and it's okay if you don't want to answer but i in like a perfect scenario wh- where do you where do you kind of see yourself in the wrestling world maybe like three to five years from now is this something where like wow. do you want what did you say alive I said, I ho- no, not
5: a one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good yeah. goal. I hope a top guy. A I top think, guy. Yeah, I think everyone, when they want look at wrestling, they want to be the top guy. Yeah, I like where I'm at now, but of course, I know there's higher levels, and I want to go there and be a top guy and just everywhere I go, try and become the top guy in the place and just be a player in wrestling. That's really what I wanted it to be
3: yeah the the reason i said alive by the way i know you listened to the interview with john but but uh you know years back after that balcony spot when i checked in on you (laughs) that that was your only response We're just like i'm alive i guess i was just i
5: was was in shock honestly for like eight hours
3: (laughs) i believe it. that was one of the most insane things i've ever seen in wrestling dude that that was that was absolutely crazy um but you'll live forever because of that like that, that that'll that always be shown for the, for the rest of the time so i hope um, so yes yeah um so i just i wanted to end i know jeremy will sign us off here in a second but i just wanted to thank you for for joining us today josh like i uh you're somebody that i i really really have loved watching just the, the ride and the whole rise of of your career up to this point and and uh you know i talk about a lot of indie wrestling on various platforms and, and you're somebody i always bring up as like you know that you keep your eyes on this guy like he has all the tools and like i see you as a top guy like and i have for a long time i remember even back in your previous life in sup there was people making t-shirts for you back when you were only a few matches in i mean like so this is so i i just appreciate your time man and like i am such a fan and i just can't wait to see what you accomplish going forward man
5: thank you i, I really appreciate that i remember talking to you at those sub shows and I always see on Twitter like, if you've always kept my name out there, and uh, I really appreciate that because you—it's just kind of like a grind to like work your way up the tiers. And is like when people keep your name out there, it definitely helps you stay in sight, in mind, almost. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man.
2: Josh, we appreciate you, uh, joining us today. Uh, anything you'd like to plug your social media out there, upcoming matches, um, anything
5: on Twitter? I am Joshua Bishop underscore on Instagram. Um, sorry. I got to look at them both. I'm pretty bad at social media. Joshua Bishop, II, and uh, on there, I have what my schedule is in was this coming out this week.
2: Yes, yeah, Thursday.
5: This weekend, I got Black Label Pro, Tyler's Day Off. And then next week, or sorry, in two weeks, the uh, AIW is back at the Odeon, and it's the uh, rap show, my favorite show of the year. Every match has no rules. Fans bring the weapons. And uh, it's the one where Justice and I went off the old balcony. So it's always had a little special place for, in my heart. I can't wait to see what kind of crazy, disgusting things these sick OAIW fans bring. <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of chaos happens throughout the show. I love the rap show.
2: We, we again, again, we appreciate you joining us today, guys. Follow Josh on, on social media again. It is Joshua Bishop underscore. Thank you again for for joining us. We'll be right back here on the spot. We are back. Thanks again to Josh Bishop for joining us. Um, and check him out at Joshua Bishop underscore on Twitter. Uh, he'll be at AIW doing a bunch of bunch of independent shows, doing big things in the world of wrestling. And we wish him all all the best of luck again. Appreciate him being on the show, guys. You can head over to Fightful Overbooked. Go over there uh, today. We have should have a new day after Dynamite with Will Washington. Sure, he'll have plenty to talk about after last night's dynamite. Um, we just debuted a, a Joshi show uh, with, with Scotty Wrestling. Everyone can you know go go check that out. Uh, we, we did have a, a homper chat by the way. I want to make sure I read this. Uh, it says Russ, Hey guys, sorry to theorize, but I'm I'm a mark. I was thinking, what if the MJF angle is not just to just used to elevate him, but it's also used as to as catalyst to an AEW civil war. That effectively splits the AEW and ROH rosters feels like a bigger story. It could happen. I don't know. I think the AEW like civil war thing that's something that Joseph and I spoke about a while ago. Or like what's like the big angle, and we thought it might be like Punk, Moxley, Bryan, like against AEW type of thing. And maybe that's the direction they'd go in. Not sure. There's a lot of ways that the MJF angle could play out. And you know we we will let it play out uh, how that happens, but I think that that is one possibility is that Punk does he does turn and he is like I came in here I beat all your top guys I took your title that's it like I own this company now I run this company and MJF is like conquering Babyface who still hates the company but he needs to save AEW from CM Punk sort of like Hangman but Hangman couldn't get the job done at Double or Nothing. Maybe that's one direction they go in with this. We shall see. Again, Dancer Dynamite on Fightful Overbooked with uh with Will Washington. That is at 4 o'clock today. Check that out. Um, and we, we have a new Joshi show with Scotty Wrestling. Check that out. Uh, that'll be bi-weekly. He'll be covering the, the world of Joshi. And then on the weeks that we don't have that, we will have New Japan uh, with, with Mark and Kieran um, on, on Fightful Overbooked. So Check that out. And... I think that's it. I did a charity stream on Monday. That's up on, on Overbooked and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gaming. six and a half hour charity stream to support everytown.org uh, to to prevent and stop and halt gun violence and regulate gun control and gun safety after everything look, that more has gone down this week, the past couple of days. So if you guys want to support, uh, go to everytown.org and, and donate. Appreciate everyone who supported that on, on Monday, the, the charity stream. I think that is everything everybody uh we'll be back next week with a new episode of spotlight nine thirty a.m eastern appreciate all the support love you guys i hope everyone has a great weekend a great week talk to y'all later on
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it